0: Here's the Manning cast on ESPN. Dallas needs to call timeout. I don't think they probably don't know if Philly's gonna go for it or not, right? You Doesn't get nervous. They call you... timeout, Mike. Well, last week they couldn't see the clock with the Chargers. They couldn't even see the clock, so maybe tonight they can't see it either. They are playing at home, but I guess they're gonna be happy with 20 to seven. Holy fucking Omaha! Mike McCarthy is an idiot. No, wait. Calm down, Peyton. You can't talk like that. You still need everyone to love you. It's just something about football. It makes me crazy. Why the hell do we have all these guests on? I can't concentrate when Jalen hurts throws a shitty pass that I need to criticize. Look at Eli. Thinking he's funnier than me. They thought that dance was funny? They ever see the sheriff host SNL? Oh shit. Did Eli really just give the middle finger on national TV? What a fucking idiot. I wish I could have flipped the bird earlier when LeBron thought he could talk about football. Give me a fucking break. Between the guests interrupting the football and Eli and I cutting each other off, this broadcast is more awkward than the 76ers pretending like they want Ben Simmons back. Uh, Of course we want him back. You know, he's a a big piece of, you know, what we've been building uh, the past few years. Uh, You know, um, obviously uh, there's a lot of stuff that have happened, in a bit uh, in a, you know, in between and, you know, and, you know, I know a little bit about all of that, uh, but, you know, that's not really for me to deal.
1: If you had gotten a chance to sit with Ben and talk to him, what would you have said to him?
0: Um, honestly, I... I I would probably say, um, I'm disappointed. Did you ever have a moment where a co-worker you hated, got fired, and everyone at your office was happy? Then come to find, your boss can't fire him, because they slept on the decision and decided to give that person another chance? Yeah, that is kind of what this is like. Of course I don't want Ben back. I thought this ass would have been gone by now. But our nerd of a GM is looking like a moron in what he's asking. No one's trading for a guy that can fucking shoot. I can't believe Ben doesn't want to come back after I said this. i do no, not to say it, uh, but I thought the turning point was just, you know, we had uh, an open shot and you know we missed uh, we made one free throw and uh, we missed the other. And- also, did you hear how long it took for me to answer that question? What I would say to Ben if he came back. My silence says it all. I didn't say anything for 12 seconds. You could have a yawness free throw countdown between the question and my answer with how fucking long it took me to answer that stupid shit.
1: If you would gotten the chance to sit with Ben and talk to him, what would you have said to him?
0: now the count. (laughs) Honestly, I, I I would probably say
1: um, I'm disappointed. I'm not suggesting that Kyle Ushek doesn't score on that play. I'm just suggesting that that play doesn't need to be called right then and there. So I understand that you need to score a touchdown there, but I don't think you needed to score right then and there. You could have run the ball a little more, and then you could have made sure that they're not getting the ball back.
2: I don't know. There, there's got to be a situation there where you have to run the ball once, just so you can take some time off the clock.
1: There is a thing of scoring too quickly in the NFL. Yeah, well, you know, that's
0: just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone
1: these days has an opinion, butthole or podcast, and all of them stick, except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion Man with Stephen Lankford and Derek Papa. salutations my children steven what to do
2: you know it's the fourth episode in and i always wonder
1: how i'm gonna intro it you're
2: gonna do now i feel like i all everyone might yeah
1: it's from uh you ever seen that spongebob episode where the squidward's in like a land of people that can play the clarinet well and there's this guy with like hippie long hair He's like, salutations, my children.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of SpongeBob episodes I remember, but not that one. Okay. (laughs) How's
1: it going? It's
2: going all right, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. Uh, But let's get to the, we got a lot to talk about, Stephen, but let's get to the most pressing news of the day. Brittany's back, bitch. All right. What else you got? (laughs) You don't care? I try.
2: I try to care. I feel like I should care, but I also don't. Like, how long has this been going on?
1: I don't really know. I just thought it was funny last night. I was working out at the gym, and CNN had it as, like, their lead topic of the night, which I found hilarious.
2: It's a cool flex that you were at the gym.
1: Oh, yeah. Flex on both accounts.
2: What kind of music you play when you're working out?
1: I don't, so that's the thing. I listen to a lot of different music, but if I'm on the treadmill, I'm usually watching, and this is going to sound right up my alley, but I'm watching uh, highlights back of games that I missed on Sunday.
2: How do you do that?
1: It, put up YouTube or uh game, uh, what is it called? Uh, the little game rewind game, whatever the thing is for NFL.com where you can watch games back. You watch those at the exact same time as going to the gym? Mm-hmm. Hey, Not when I'm, lifting, but when I'm lifting, but when I'm running on the treadmill.
2: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. I can't,
1: I can't do that while I lift. Come on, Steven. I'll die.
2: You live in LA. Why don't you run on the street? It's sunny out. Because I treadmill.
1: Because fo- <laughs> <laughs> for me, I need to focus on something while I'm running. Otherwise, I give up. Ah. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Got me. Yeah, be better. <laughs> What's up? Be better. But by running on the concrete, it's bad for your feet. Actually, I'm just paying attention.
2: Well, if you run on the if you run on the road, it's not as bad. Take it That's from a guy who was a long distance runner back in high
1: school for a year. No shit. Yeah, dude. Okay, I really don't care. Speaking Athlete. of Britney Spears, Holy 1999, Stephen. Did you hear who's performing at the Super Bowl?
2: I just saw it. So yeah,
1: what? it's just breaking right now. Trey, Snoop, Eminem. Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, all performing at the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm hoping they don't have a Tupac hologram, but we'll see. But this is actually pretty cool.
2: Why are you, You're you going to find a way to criticize it. You're going <laughs> to find a way.
1: I think I was the only person on Twitter to have a negative uh, comment about it. But it What'd is cool. It is, I said I hope it's not a Tupac hologram. Oh.
2: So you're just regurgitating your tweets on this pod?
1: Isn't that what anybody does when they go on the radio?
2: I hope not. <laughs> ugh but no i'm looking forward to that man but you know it's it, it's not gonna be doctor doctor drain snoop dog they're gonna be great but eminem and kendrick are gonna steal the show and then mary j blige is too no have a hater you
1: seen- what no i'm just gonna say no hateration in this dancery <laughs> uh what talking about. I don't know if they're gonna have enough time for all of them to perform, man. They're given it's it's a longer halftime. I think it's about twenty minutes. And it's Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick, and they all have a lot of bangers that they need to perform. Yeah, they're
2: they're they're not gonna do it individually, are they? They're I think so. I mean, what's gonna well, happen? Go- they're gonna perform one song each and then they're just gonna say bye.
1: I mean It'll probably be a medley, but I, you already know, it's going to be a big ass stage with two lowriders coming out with hydraulics, bouncing up and down. Mm-hmm. Dre and Snoop will come out to either uh, still Dre or nothing but a G thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I mean, like, see, th- this is why it's so interesting, and it's uh, props to the NFL for doing this because ever since uh, Mary J. or not sorry, not not Mary J. Blige, uh, Janet Jackson flashed a boob back in the day, they've been very. Uptight with what kind of acts they want to have, and rightfully so. But I remember a couple of years ago when Lady Gaga was performing in Houston, Bonte Hill was saying they should have all the Houston rappers perform. And I always think it makes sense to have people, wherever the Super Bowl is, you should have people from that area perform. And this makes a ton of sense, even though Eminem's from Detroit and Mary J. Blige, I think, is from New York. But when you think of LA hip hop, you think of Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. No doubt. No doubt. I, I think that. Um, I mean, I'm
2: speaking of which, Outcast should have performed at ATL when they had oh, it there.
1: Oh, 100 missed opportunity. Yeah. Speaking uh, of which, 100%. real quick, just a side note: Did you see that Big Boy's son plays at Oregon, and Andre and him should have to the game the last week? I didn't see them show up to the game. Oh yeah, there's a picture of them. Really? That's cool as shit. Yeah, Where is, where's where's Andre? Wa-
2: Bid? It's wild. Thing- well, Andre's been like he's been living, laying low, but also. At the same time, he's been on or all over social media like the past really? year, because I've seen him playing a clarinet at a Starbucks,
1: just randomly sounds- playing a clarinet. <laughs> that sounds that sounds straight out of the uh, Keenan Peel sketch.
2: <laughs> and <then laughs> I saw I heard him on that podcast that I sent you with Rick Rubin.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good and podcast. There's I
2: think there's still a part two that needs to be released for that. And then he's also been in the news lately by saying that he's willing to make more music. So he's been around, but it's pretty cool listening to Bombs Over Baghdad and then hearing that one line saying, got a son on the way by the name of Bamboo. (laughs) And it's like, now he's playing for Oregon? Got a duck on the way by the name of Bamboo.
1: Oh, that's Bamboo?
2: I don't know. I think so. Okay. The little kid that was
1: singing on – there's a couple tracks they had with a baby on it. But it's going to be interesting to see because times are different. And uh, I don't know if everyone's going to be down with Dr. Dre and Snoop performing at the Super Bowl, same bitches and hoes. But we'll see if that flies. Probably not. And we'll see if Dr. Dre gives his daughter a ticket to the game. Forgot about Dre by, with Eminem is
2: going to definitely be performed.
1: Yeah, but that hook is... Think- see, the, the, the hook's got... See, this is the thing that's interesting to me is it's very cool that they're having this, but how, you know, how censored is it all going to be? Because they're, you know, back in the day, they were explicit artists. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's going to be, they'll, at this point, they're kind of mainstream too. They'll be able to censor yeah. themselves for a Super Bowl halftime show. But I, I will tell you, though, it is, if I did have to have a criticism for it, which I kind of got oh. on you at the beginning. but
1: Yeah, yeah look, at too, look at you now. Look at you criticizing. It's almost, too, it's almost too many people, though. Yeah, but you know what? It's cool, and they'll find a way to do it. I guess. Mary I'd J- rather
2: just have Kendrick. Like that's it.
1: <laughs> Kendrick's great, but come on. I'd rather have
2: Kendrick. I'm sorry, but I've seen these guys perform year after year after year. It's been 20 years.
1: What are you talking? What was the last time you guys seen these guys perform together at the Coachella ten years ago? Two. Okay. Well, Two I years mean,
0: ago.
1: yeah, but yeah. like the memories that i have is the up and smoke tour when we were like 10 years old and that was some rowdy ass shit back in the day i doubt it's going to be like that but it's it's cool i mean i, I the, the super bowls in la it's got to be cool i i, I kind of like this for once stephen besides the tupac joke that's not serious i can't criticize this
2: it's a good it's no it's it's cool that they are doing it but i just feel like it's going to be too
1: many people of course it's going to be too many people but it's a you know big yeah. extravaganza it's a Kendrick bonanza is-
2: Kendrick is going to be performing his new line from this song that he's performing with his cousin. Baby Keem is his name. who just came out with an album, but there's a song which features Kendrick. And (laughs) when he comes in with this verse before he starts rapping, all he does is let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. (laughs) Top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning. And it's like, what is happening? And then he starts rapping.
1: And that's Kendrick's voice. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite thing to do uh my senior year of college is this around the time that uh Aesop is it ASAP Rock or ASAP Aesop? ASAP ASAP rock e A I I get ASAP Rock and ASAP Rocky mixed together, but he came out with the song Fucking Problems with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, my that's favorite thing to do, Rocky. yeah, yeah. My favorite thing to do was to do his voice like, hey hell, this is finale, My pimp can't talk to a pimp alley <laughs> Is that it so got? yeah, yeah i can do that i can do the rest yeah i know you want this der.
2: oh my god yeah
1: anyway moving on steven so for the first time since we've been doing the windsor wangs thing i lost and you <sighs> don't have to eat a wing for once how many do you have to eat just one because you somehow got the atlanta and giants game correct and that, and you shit on that game, and it, it would, you know, going into it, I don't like to say that games are bad, but that that was a bad game on paper, and it was a bad game to watch because it was only seventeen to fourteen, and the Giants are really bad, like really bad.
2: One but thing, you, I was but really you lo-
1: you got that right.
2: One thing I was looking forward to today was how you're going to convince me that Jaguars Bengals is appointment viewing for Thursday Night Football.
1: We'll get to that later, but it is, Steven. Come on. Two number one picks going off against each other. Rematch of the national championship game a couple years ago. I hope you're watching. It's an NFL Network exclusive. I'm not going to watch.
2: I'm going to watch Squid Game you? and try and catch up on Squid Game.
1: What the hell is Squid Game?
2: It's the new show. The new the new fad. The new thing. All it's, right. apparently like, uh, it's apparently like Hunger Games, except uh, it With is, squids. Uh, it's, it's Korean. I don't know why they call oh. it Squid Game, but I'm very okay. interested, so I'm going to watch it instead of Jaguars-Bengals. Maybe I'll check the score, but other than that, not interested.
1: You're insane. All right. While I eat this hot wing, and I know I texted you earlier that I wanted to get these wings from Howlin' Rays in L.A. Unfortunately, mm. found out they don't deliver today, which is weird. Ooh. But I'll try to get them next time, and I'll try to go more local. But in, the, in, in between time, I'm going to do a wing – From Buffalo Wild Wings. I know you've been doing Wingstop the last two weeks. I'm not Uh a huge fan of Buffalo Wild Wings, but I've seen they've done the sauce differently. I'll I'll hold this wing up. What kind? It's blazing. And they made Uh it with Carolina Reaper, which kind of scares me. So uh, here we go, baby.
2: What is that? The hottest pepper in the world?
1: Yeah, Mm. it is.
2: (laughs) You're somehow going to enjoy it. Now you're going to want that for lunch every single day.
1: No. Considering my commute tomorrow i'm a little scared of what's going to happen when i hit the road speaking (laughs) of which what what happened to you yesterday or last week you texted me repeatedly about your poops oh god after (laughs) yeah yeah that was a
2: weird time because you were juicing yeah yeah it's the only only thing you could eat i was eating like i was drinking carrots and spinach and sweet potatoes and peaches and putting all that into a juice
1: I should preface it, you weren't taking steroids, you were doing a juice cleanse.
2: (laughs) Yeah, just for a week, because I'd eaten like crap the weekend before, and my body was totally confused. My stomach is like, what the hell are you doing?
1: So how do you feel since then?
2: I feel okay. I'm not going to tell you anymore. I don't need to give you any more details. Have
1: you lost weight? I want to know. The people want to know, Stephen.
2: Still the same. Still Hmm. the same.
1: So it did nothing for you then?
2: Stop Stop
1: filibustering and just eat the damn wing. All right. Okay. I'm going to eat this hot wing. I got my milk, fat-free milk to help out with it. I also got some celery sticks. Uh, I came prepared. I also got ranch. You're not allowed to have
2: ranch. Why? You had ranch. On my second wing or the third wing, that was so the I, token wing. We
1: never discussed that, and I don't like that phrase, Stephen. Maybe. And why can't I use ranch? Maybe go back and
2: just check the previous podcast. You're not allowed to have anything.
1: Seriously, I do the solo dolo. Yeah. All right. Let's let's see if I survive. Shit, I got all one. I got I got all the, I got celery. I got milk. I can't use any of it. You can use the milk if you want. All but right. Not
2: ranch. Ranch is ranch is different. That's changing everything up. What about after
1: the first bite? Okay, I'm, I'm wasting. Do time. Do whatever you want. I'll eat the I'll eat the wing. You explain to me how the Giants are going to win the NL West this week. And how crazy was last night watching the Dodgers come back from that? Well, I eat this. Okay.
2: So, um well, couple of things. One, last week in the NFL, found a Buffalo Wild Wings moment where it was the Cardinals and the Jaguars before the kick six and the penalty flag hit the football which caused a fumble and uh the Cardinals ended up recovering it anyway even though they were receiving it. So, uh, the play didn't really go viral, but um it oh was like God. a Robert Buffalo De Niro
1: Wild Wings during point. this. <laughs> this wing. Spicy a little bit, a little bit.
2: Sorry, continue. It's a gooey wing, huh? Uh, but the Giants, National League West, how are they going to win? Well, first off, let, let's go back to last night. They won one nothing over the Diamondbacks. It was an ugly win because they, their hitting wasn't doing anything, their offense wasn't doing anything. Um, Camilo Doval is the story of the Giants right now. He's the new guy that they're bringing in into the ninth inning, the 24 year old reliever who everyone thinks should be a closer at this point but i did not watch the dodgers padres game till the end because i had to go to bed and i woke up this morning looked at the headline and saw dodgers hit four home runs to come back in the eighth inning to beat the padres 11 to 9 they kept going back to the scoreboard the entire game too and it was showing that the Padres were beating the Dodgers the entirety of the game, and I'm going tomorrow night to Giants-Padres, so I thought I was going to be on the, on track here if the Giants end up beating the Diamondbacks tonight to see the Giants clinch. Now, it's still possible, but I need the Dodgers to lose today because if the Giants win and the Dodgers lose, that means all the Giants have to do tomorrow is win again, and then they clinch. So we need that to happen.
1: That was spicy. How is, is it? there any? It wasn't that bad, but I am crying. Oh, it's... <laughs> this, this this is getting hotter than uh, Wingstop. <laughs> Ooh, Buffalo Wild Wings, the official sponsor of just your opinion, man. Uh, what if Gardener spoils it for all of you Giants fans tonight? That'd be wild. Wouldn't That'd it? be wild. You know. Okay, I'm. I'm going to use the ranch now for the celery. Go ahead, feel free. So, oh, not a fan.
2: Not the fan of the sound. God, that comes through so. Nobody like that?
1: Oh yeah. So it. the only Ew. food that you burn calories while
2: eating. Oh, that's gross. Um, but we got Brady and Belichick going on Sunday night this weekend. Brady versus Belichick. Buccaneers versus Patriots. Brady and his return to Foxborough. Uh huh. And nationally, that's the big story. Not, and that's fine. You know, everyone. I mean, that's. The, the return of those guys is the biggest story going in sports. But in the Bay Area, the fact that we're seeing Bumgarner versus Posey tonight, because Posey's going to be in the lineup, Yep, that reunion has huge implications just not only on the season and what's going to happen going forward, but also it's going to bring a tear to, I think, a lot of Giants fans' eyes watching these two and reminiscing over the time. But then if Bum Garner does win, if he manages to stop the Giants from clinching the postseason on Friday, he'll be my least favorite player of all time, and I will boo him for eternity.
1: Well, he already came back, and they played Fire on the Mountain and everything. Don't you think the pleasantries are out the window now? You got to win tonight.
2: No, nah, well, he's starting. It's different.
1: He didn't start last time? Oh, the, the no. d back just came. So this is the first time he's pitching.
2: Yeah, this is the first time he's pitching, at least with fans there. Oh, well, that's a big so. fucking
1: deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, I mean, they got to play fire on the mountain again
2: now you can i mean you know you can go ahead and listen to me solo from five to six in the morning if you hate Derek on 95 seven of the game but i did pose the question like which is more enticing watching former teammates go head to head or watching former players face their former coaches kind of like brady Uh, look at
1: you producing on the air I know, right? (laughs) We'll talk to the Birdie and Belichick stuff later on, but I just think it's interesting that, yeah, this is me as a fan that saw their team get eliminated last night and cannot beat the Seattle Mariners for a number of reasons. The A's are out of the playoffs, and it's just terrible. But Mm. it's fun to watch this race between the Giants and Dodgers, and I'm able to watch both because I live here in L.A. And the Dodgers showed last night how easily they could just turn it on, how they could just just rake and just yeah. hit bomb after bomb after bomb. They hit five home runs starting from the eighth inning. Yep. Does that scare you a little bit? Because even though the Giants have hit more home runs than the Dodgers this season, don't you think that they just have more explosive bats on their team?
2: Of course. Well, on paper, they're naturally a better team, and they've managed to keep up with them. I mean, who else can keep up with the Giants who have set up a- Franchise record for the most wins in a regular season. That's but, impressive.
1: They have more but, wins than yeah. the '80s uh, A's, the the Bash mm. brother teams, which is incredible.
2: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable what they've been doing. But that being said, I'm scared of the Dodgers lineup. But I also think Dodger fans would be scared of the Giants lineup too, because the Giants lineup has been just as consistent as they have all year. And watching and the only guy who's really that scary in the playoffs. And if this comes back to bite the Giants, let's just say they do face each other in the in the NLDS, which is looking like what's that's what's going to happen unless the Cardinals manage to knock out the Dodgers in the wild card game. Which Very well could wild. But the only guy I'm really scared of is Max Muncy, because that dude, dude. has been killing the Giants all year. The last series, not really. But, yeah, of course. If you're not scared of the Giants or the Dodgers, the lineup, then I don't know. I mean, you're not living in real life. Like, you have to be scared of the Dodgers. But I I think, do you think that they need to change their playoff format? Yes. Do you think that they need to change this whole, you know, we're going to make the top team in each division already into the playoffs
1: instead of doing the whole seeding situation like the NBA? I 100% do. I said this a couple of years ago when the A's were uh playing really well and had a lot of teams yeah. or a lot of a lot of wins and the Astros just had a lot more than them. I think yeah. the A's were like a 90-win team that had to play in the wild card game against yeah. the Yankees in 2018. Yeah, same same thing. I think it's I think there's so many games in baseball that yes, that things are predicated on divisions and the argument is that not everybody has an even schedule in the teams that they play. So you got to base it off the divisions. But I don't, I don't agree. I think that the best solution for this going forward is either to do the playoff, the playoff format of last season during COVID, where you had uh, best of three in the first round, and then it went on and on and on. Or mm-hmm. you, do, you take divisions out of it, and you just have natural seating where this season probably would have been Giants 1, Dodgers 2. And back in the day, when you faced division opponents in the second round, you weren't allowed to do that. So the only time back in the day that the Giants and Dodgers could have faced off was the NLCS. And now that's not going to happen. I do like the idea of having
2: kind of like, you know, kind of like a playing game with with the NBA. Maybe the bottom two teams, whoever, maybe you can add an extra team in there instead of having uh, just five teams go at it. I don't know. Maybe you could have, I mean, what it would be. It would be two matchups in the NLDS. I I I don't know. There's got to be something you could do. I I'm down to have the bottom two teams face off for a playoff spot. But just the way that it's sorted out now, the Dodgers. I hate them. I despise them. But there's no way that they deserve to get into a wild card game based on how they played this season.
1: But you would take it if the Cardinals knocked them out. Of course I would. Of course you would.
2: Although. but the way that the top three pitchers for the Cardinals have been playing as of late, led by Adam Wainwright, the one thing that scares me in the postseason is pitching. Now, granted, the Dodgers have that too with Walker Buehler and Max Scherzer and Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw and all yeah, those you, guys. You
1: forgot about that guy. He said him fourth.
2: But yeah, but also he, he's that's how good those top three are. He's kind of an afterthought at this point, but. Just because he's heard that, Cardinal, that Cardinals
1: team is really good, too. Now, how many games back are the Dodgers at the moment? Just one. Uh, the Dodgers are two, two games. First. Two. OK. Yeah. So if they are tied Giants and Dodgers by Sunday, then we have a playoff on Monday between the two. And that game will take place at Oracle Park. Why? Because the Giants won the in-season series against the Dodgers. So I ask you, Stephen, why the hell would we have a playoff in the first place? Why can't that be the tie-breaking thing?
2: Who am I? Am I, am I Rob Manfred? Am I supposed to answer this well, question I, I just, and tell
1: you? I, I just think it's ridiculous that shouldn't that matter? Shouldn't that if the Giants, and I'm not, I could I, I carry either the tie-breakers
2: way. Are, the tie-breaker's already there. They should just let that yeah. tie-breaker carry over into the postseason.
1: Can you imagine if we have to have a Monday playoff game at Oracle? I don't like the Giants' chances in that. Yeah, yeah, no. That
2: that it all depends too. It 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 would mess everything up because, you know, the whole thing, the whole point also of clinching. Why it's important for them to clinch early too, is because Logan Webb is going to be your number one guy, and if he gets a break, give him a little rest, because he's he has room to to possibly start this weekend if they need it on Saturday and Sunday. Because if they don't, if they clinch, they're probably just going to go with the. A bullpen game, but that's the most important thing. And if they have that one game playoff, I mean, Logan Webb is already probably going to go against the Padres this weekend. Then they'd be in a little more trouble there because you'd be putting in, I don't know, Gosman or maybe even Alex Wood. Alex Wood just pitched last night, former Dodger going up against his team. Although I will say this, and I don't know why I've kind of overlooked it, but the Giants bullpen has just been so damn good all year that I got faith that even if, you know, the starters may go three, four, five innings, whatever, I think that the bullpen can pick them up. So I don't know. I got a lot of confidence, though. I got a lot of confidence, more than I had maybe, say, a month and a half ago when playoffs started to become, you know, a legitimate thing, a legitimate thought.
1: Answer this in a yes or no question. Are you concerned with Brandon Belt's injury?
2: Yeah. How concerned? How concerned? Well, let's just say this. Think about how the Warriors handled Kevin Durant's injury. Think about the way that they've you we're
1: know they were, you an, that.
2: they were announcing. Well, think about the way that they were announcing Kevin Durant. They were very yeah. vague about it. They gave a very wide uh table, right? A very mm-hmm. wide timetable to return. With Brandon Belt, it was reported from Andrew Baggerly that he's hearing that from when he was injured, it was going to be four weeks. And four weeks was week one, or not week one, game one of the World Series. So if he's saying that, Gabe Kapler after the game was saying we'll reevaluate him in a couple of weeks, which is going to be in the middle of the playoffs. I-, I don't know. I don't know. However, however, I don't see him, I don't see him coming back, but they can make up for it. They they got pieces. Wilmer Flores and Lamont Wade. They're okay at first base. You got, you know, Darren Darren Ruff. You got Buster Posey if need be. So, you got ways that you can, you know, you got ways that you can fill in for Brandon Belt. However, I mean, these ever since I saw the stat earlier today, ever since June 14th, shout out to Ryan Spader who had the stat. But ever since June 14th, he's had twenty-one home runs while batting with a three fourteen batting average. That's fifty-one games. He has been lethal. So you can
1: replace him, although I'm gonna miss him for sure. Sorry, I thought that was
2: meant to be a yes or no.
1: Yeah, you kind (laughs) of went on a Greg Popper rant there, but it's all good. Um (laughs) You used to hosting solo shows. I get it five to six every day, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta (laughs) fill in the time somehow. (laughs)
1: We'll see what happens by this time next week when we're recording our next show. We'll find out if the Giants have won the division or not. And even if they don't, Giants fans, just enjoy the ride, people. All right, Steven. So this is going to be a depressing conversation or a depressing
2: question for you. Go for it. Since the A's have officially been knocked out of the playoffs, are we going to see both the Mats? Are we going to see possibly Starling Marte back? Are they not going to pay any of these guys? Like, what's going to happen with that?
1: that's a that's you know i will get into all that another day when we don't have to worry about the giant season and we can just talk to multiple people about the future of the a's team wise and location wise but that's a discussion for another day stephen i i think is it i think so is it I don't, I don't have time to think about that right now we got
2: football to talk about baby <laughs> What you weren't prepared for that question? You weren't I wasn't
1: ready for that? For, I, I, I wasn't prepared for that question. whatsoever. <laughs> Didn't even know. Certainly, Marte was a free agent. Anyway, yeah. Moving on. There's there. I mean, as far as I know, uh, Billy Bean's going to be gone. Okay. If, if, if I had to give you an answer, I'd say the whole team's going to be gutted. I think Billy Bean and Bob Melvin are going to the Mets. That's what I think. I mean, it's
2: not a bad. That's not a bad prediction.
1: We'll see what happens though.
2: I don't know. It's just I don't. I can't think of. Another over 500 team that's, you know, the A's haven't been great this season, but they've played well enough to the point where if you're a crappy team, say you're, you know, like the Rangers or say you're the Marlins, whoever it is, say you're the pirates, they'd kill to have an 85 win team. Right. But I haven't seen just a more disheartening season as things have just stacked on one on top of the other just BS after BS. First, you got, you know, I can't even think of these in order. But you got the whole moving out of Oakland thing. You had that whole situation with the proposal. You that had Ramon lauriano You had Ramon Laureano get suspended. Yeah. You had Chris Bassett. Yeah. Uh, you had the whole thing with uh, Jesus Lazardo as well before he got traded to with uh, for Starling Marte, where he broke his hand playing video games. It, it it's just been nonstop, just BS after BS after BS and you know, this has gotta be a the most brutal season for A's fans more than any of these ones in the past decade or so.
1: Thanks, Steven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: No, I just uh last night was rough watching that. So I know I'm dodging your question. I just feel we gotta get other th- we gotta get to other things. But yeah, they'll they'll be okay. yes, the the A's totally just shit the bed. But you know what? I don't think it's their fault entirely because they were dealing with a lot of distractions. And yeah. my hope is, is that we get an understanding more of that in the offseason and we could talk to a few A's experts that know better than us about what's going on for the future. But for the meantime and in between time, let's talk about some football, man. You want to go Raiders yeah. or Niners first? Ooh. Ooh. Let's go.
2: Let's go with the three and O Raiders to start.
1: Ooh. Out. <laughs> I like it, Steven. I like it. All right. What are your thoughts from last week's close victory over the Miami Dolphins.
2: Can you say that one again?
1: The Can you tell me your thoughts of the close victory against the Miami Dolphins to propel the Raiders to a 3-0 and win for the first time since 2002? And not to mention that the first three teams they beaten won 10 games last season, the first time that's ever been done in NFL history. Steven! I think that
2: the Dolphins are the worst of the three that they faced. I don't know. Maybe the Steelers are right up there, but um, you know, Jacoby Brissett and Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, one, one of the same, I felt the same way going into it. You're not facing good quarterbacks. You're going to be facing a good defense. Um, and you know, you have the run game with Najee Harris with the Steelers and the wide receivers for the dolphins. They, you know, and I, I like the Parker a lot. And um, you know, will fuller's a good deep threat, whatever. So I was kind of scared going into the game. But, dude, I've – this has got to be – I know the offensive line isn't that good, but this has got to be like the most well-rounded Raider team that I've seen in a while. It's not just one aspect of their game that's their strength. It feels like they're pretty strong in most aspects of the game, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. And I don't care – I don't care how you win – because those two out of the three games that they've won this season, they would have lost years previous. Mm -hmm. So I don't care that they almost blew it against the Dolphins and gave them a chance to come back and win that game. I, I I, I'm just impressed. I'm just impressed. I don't know what to make of it just yet. I don't, I don't want to say, yeah, they're, they're a top tier playoff. They're heading to the playoffs right now. I'm not going to say that, but God damn, I almost had a heart attack watching that game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would say that going into the game, there was a part of me thinking that the fact that they're 2-0 and they're on their cusp of something they haven't had since 2002 season, that they may have a letdown. And they did to start. They had self-inflicted stupid plays, the pick six, yes. right away to that slow-ass linebacker that took about 30 minutes for him to get to the end zone. Uh, Gruden, go for it on fourth what was it, fourth and one on his own 35? Yeah. And then that turned into a quick score for Miami. And then Miami comes back and has some stupid plays of their own. Why would you have a zero route in your own end zone? And Casey Hayward just flies, makes an unbelievable play, gets the safety, then have the Raiders rolling. I love the fact that I'm seeing constant pressure from Carl Nassip, Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby. And 49ers fans must hate this. Solomon Thomas looks really good
2: he looks like he has gotten some sort of new lease on life. And we know how good the 49ers defense was when he was there, but you know, a change of scenery, it's not like this, you know, the, the, the scheme has changed. It's not like, you know, it's gone from anything completely different. It's not like he's, you know, gone from a four, three to a three, four completely different looks and all this stuff. It's the same thing. It's just, you know, you you, it's a better you fit. Get a, you get a new environment and yeah. you know, it works. It works. Let me continue with your thoughts, though. I need to find this uh, stat for you uh, from Roger. Sherman I got a of, stat
1: for you uh,
2: from Roger Sherman of the of the ringer talking about that specific play with uh, in the end oh, OK. I got the safety. I got to well, find that. Bit. OK, find keep that up. while
1: I keep running off things that I liked about the game. Yes. Um, it's just nice to see people who know what they're doing on defense for once. So many years the Raiders were out of assignment and didn't know where to go, and it just looks like people just know what the hell they're doing now. You got veterans like k J Wright and you got uh you know the guys I mentioned before Carl Nassib, and all everybody on the defensive line Casey Hayward making plays uh trayvon Mullen very very impressive in his coverage, and I know they're having a hard time i well they're having a hard time finding a role for Damon Arnett, and he got picked on a lot in the towards the end of the game but uh the Raiders' defense just looks good all around. Hunter, Hen- Hunter-, Hunter Renfro has unbelievably great hands. He, like, like I said last week, every team needs to have a slot white guy, and they need to have a pass-catching running back. I love the addition of Kenyon Drake. That's something that was missing in the Raiders' offense for a while, even though Jalen Rashard would do it on occasion. I think Kenyon Drake's a better pass-catching running back for Derek out of the backfield. Peyton Barber can run. I, uh that big run he had well before the big run in overtime he was filling in that role fantastic for josh jacobs by the way did you see what Derek Carr said about josh jacobs today i don't think he was throwing no, shade he, at him what he said some people some people are th- uh, he was saying like yeah josh performed and you do a better Derek Carr person than i do but he was just like oh man josh jacobs practiced today but is was it a full participation and you were kind of just waiting you know to see when he comes back so people were like that Derek Carr was throwing shade at him. I think it's impossible for Derek Carr to throw shade at anybody except for the Raider reporters when he's pissed off at him. (laughs) Well, I thought he would be, Oh man, Josh
2: Jacobs. (laughs) I love him. I love him. He's my teammate. Great teammate. (laughs) Great person. Great, great overall leader for this, for this team. I'm really excited that he's back on on the field. Oh man. No. And and a couple other guys you didn't, you like, I was going to say Peyton Barber was the, the star uh, running back there. He had over a hundred yards rushing And another guy, Brian Edwards, who's been their most reliable target in overtime. I mean, that was an unbelievable throw by Derek Carr against double coverage, too. He put it only in a spot where Brian Edwards was going to catch, it, and that would subsequently lead to the win. And then Hunter Renfro, I'm glad you mentioned Hunter Renfro. I I hope he gets the love that he deserves for that touchdown that he had on Xavier Howard because that route he ran, I... I don't understand how that even happens, but Hunter Renfro is slowly turning into one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. And he's, I think a lot of people are starting to recognize who he is, which, you know, I'm kind of glad that I picked him up in my last uh, round in fantasy. Cause that's what I do every year. But I think people are going to glob onto it uh, next season, but cool I got job. that. I got that stat for you uh, about the, the- away, stat away, baby. So this is for Roger Sherman. He's awesome on the ringer. He's. He's hilarious. So let me just read this paragraph. Actually, this play is a football miracle. If you drop back to pass, the bad things that can happen are usually either an incompletion, a sack or an interception. If you complete a pass, your play probably succeeded. So it stands to reason that it's almost impossible to complete a pass that goes backward into the end zone and allows the other team to record a safety. I searched Stathead, a database that goes back to 1994 for any completed passes that resulted in safeties. There were none. There was a play that <laughs> began with a completed pass and was lateraled back into the end zone for a safety and two completed passes where a penalty was committed in the end zone, but that's it. It's quite possible that in football history, no team had ever screwed up in the exact manner. The Dolphins screwed up on Sunday.
1: It's amazing. Now my rebuttal to Roger Sherman And that's his name, right? Yes. Okay. I do remember distinctly the playoff game in which Tony Romo, and you're going to make fun of me that I remember this, but I just remember this. Mm. In the playoff game where Tony Romo muffed the, the snap of the ball and lost to Seattle, prior to that, Dallas is in their one yard line, on their one yard line. Tony Romo throws a zero route to Terry Glenn. It's completed, who then proceeds to fumble the ball. Back into the end zone, which then results in I think either a touchdown or a safety. So I have seen that before, but it was just a dumb play call to happen right there. It was terrible. It was, it was terrible.
2: Ter- yeah, and and you know the Dolphins not going to be competing in the AFC East anytime soon. I I feel yeah. bad. For, I I feel bad for Tua, but I I just I don't think they're heading anywhere fast right now.
1: You know, people going to the game said Joe, uh, Jacoby percent can't move. I remember his debut; he ran. Perfectly well against the Buffalo Bills. Was it the Buffalo Bills? Who was it that they ran against? No, it wasn't the Bills. It was the Texans. They had like a shutout victory when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and Tom Brady was injured or Tom Brady was suspended and they beat the Texans and Jacoby Brissett was running all over the field. He's a different guy now. But honestly, going into that game, I like the Raiders' chances more against Tua than Jacoby Brissett. Do you agree with that or no?
2: Maybe Jacoby from a couple of years ago, but when he came in in this last game for Tua, not this one, but the, the week previous, well, yeah, I mean, he, the Bills, he looked terrible. Now, he looked good in this one. Don't get me wrong. He actually looked pretty good in this game.
1: He's, um, he ran for that fourth and goal for the touchdown. Yeah. And that's another, that's another point I want to make. While the defense has looked good, this is the game where they regressed a little bit. They gave up the fourth and goal where slow Jacoby Brissett ran an in. Mm-hmm. They picked on Damon Arnett for the two-point conversion. And then this one really hurt where I thought they may lose the game now. Fourth and 20 to Mike Kosicki, that was big. That was reminiscent of Ryan Fitzpatrick completing the pass last year once his helmet moved to the side.
2: I was texting my roommate, who uh, is a 49ers guy. He works for the 49ers, so he was gone, getting ready for the primetime Sunday night game, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, I was just texting him a play-by-play of everything, and I was like, I I just texted him. I said, the Raiders are good. And that's it. (laughs) And then like when they got to overtime, I was like, "Never mind, They stink. And then they got to the fourth and 20 play. And I'm just thinking, Oh my God, I can't believe this is going to happen again, but they did get the stop. And speaking of the defense now, again, not saying he's better than Khalil Mack.
1: No, don't, don't start
2: through three games. Max Crosby is getting a ton of pressure. He's clearly Mm -hmm. making an impact on the game. And according to the analytics, if you want to do a deep dive in terms of run, stop, win rate, that's to ESPN, he's right there in the top three among edge rushers stopping the run right now. So he's doing it on both. He's doing it both ways, getting to the quarterback, also stopping the running back. So you can't just say he's a pass rusher now. He does it all.
1: That's all well and good. He's having a fantastic season. He's no Khalil Mack. That's all I'm okay. going to say. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. One and thank we- God this game did end in a tie, Steven. Thank yeah, God, because I, I would have come on here and just started ripping ties, yeah. saying ties are stupid. I never want to wear ties. I can't tie a tie. Ties are dumb in sports. <laughs>
2: I mean, you're not wrong. Ties are really stupid unless we're stupid. talking unless we're talking soccer. But um, how's that, that we- cool?
1: How's that cool in soccer?
2: Because man, it's just if every game were to keep on going like that, I don't know. I don't have any reason for it. I See,
1: yeah, ties on. are stupid across I, the I, board.
2: I can't, I can't think of an. I can't think of an argument. But one guy we haven't mentioned, and this is the last guy I do want to mention, but Henry Ruggs is bringing a new element to his game. I didn't expect him to be the toe tap on the sideline, toe I'm drag a, swag. Yeah, I didn't expect him to be that wide receiver. And maybe it's because he's finally being left. Uh, one-on-one way more because of the threat that Darren Waller poses and Hunter Renfrew and all those guys, but they've seemed to unlock Henry Ruggs as well.
1: All these receivers now have the ability to catch the football, which has also been something that's been missing with the Raiders for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of weeks ago I asked you, is this offense better than the one in 2016? And we kind of you know went back and forth on it. I firmly believe now, with the abilities of Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, who I am amazed by. Didn't play nearly at all last season. He looks like Amari Cooper out there, but better than Amari, wearing the 89 jersey. Then you got Hunter Renfro, and then you got Darren Waller, who's arguably the best tight end in football right now. I think that this offense doesn't even compete. I'm sorry, the 2016 offense doesn't even compete to this current one. Even though the offensive line has some holes, they're holding up. I, don't, I haven't seen Derek get sacked that much this season yet. And I think this offense looks a lot better than the 2016 team. I do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, I'm waiting for that one game, though, because uh, I'm it, wondering. It may happen can, Monday. It could. It could very well happen Monday with Joey Bosa going up against Alex Leatherwood.
1: Yeah, this, this might be the game where the Raiders crash down to uh, reality. I'm not saying like reality as in like they won't compete this season, but they're running a high of three games in a row. And uh, they'll have to fight the uh, home field advantage of the Chargers fans, right, Stephen? <laughs> I know, right?
2: Uh, apparently, their ticket sales are already in the oh, Raiders. 220. Favor.
1: 220.
2: Oh, oh, my God.
1: 220 a pop. It's nowhere near the ticket prices for the Brady Bowl that's happening on Sunday. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, yeah, I got to work until 4 o'clock on Monday, and I may be stuck at my work because Raider fans take over anything LA. So that'll be <laughs> right. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's. You want to move over to the Niner game, or do you have one more point to make? Just one more with Yeah
2: Leatherwood. They ranked him PFF. That is a hundred second out of a hundred three tackles in the league right now. Yeah. How does that even happen?
1: You know, I I usually don't question the PFF guys. They do a great job. Uh, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, you know, that's his thing right now. Um, well, yeah, he owns it. Yeah, but he but he did it in the past though. <laughs> ah, right. But uh, yeah, uh, if, if that's what they say, that's what they say. <laughs> it's like, h- how can you can
2: really name me a hundred and one better tackles than Leatherwood? Like, yeah,
1: let's 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 let's, let's list them off right now. Yeah, let's yeah see, I you got uh, no, I'm not doing that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say
2: you're you're about to start. Naming I mean, tackles, I could, but you?
1: that would take the rest of the podcast, and I'm sure we would already lose the uh, zero listeners we have right now. So we'll probably get to like negative five. All right, all right, bro. Niner game. Yeah, bring it. Okay. So this was a great game. Uh, let, let me hear your thoughts initially about the game.
2: I went into it. When they were down 17 nothing. I remember thinking this just isn't the normal. The, the Niners that I've seen these past two years and being so – hyper-focused on them i haven't been as hyper-focused on the niners as i have been i'd watch every game before but i wouldn't be dissecting it throughout the week and, and and trying to come up with all these points but for these past couple of years in 2019 i'd notice that right at the beginning of the game they'd set the tone early like every single game you'd see that the defense was taking control and that the 49ers maybe they didn't always you know Maybe they didn't always run the ball down your gullet and get a 15-play scoring drive right away. Sometimes they'd start out three and out, but eventually they'd get going by the time the first quarter was over. That didn't happen in this game. And Garoppolo is just – Garoppolo's Garoppolo. He's the same old Garoppolo. Didn't get a target to Debo until like midway through the second quarter. It's like that's the guy you got to get the ball to right now. I know George Kittle's your number one – target that you want but Debo's your guy I thought they made a mistake doing that they were hurt at running back I don't know what to make of their running backs right now Trey Sermon getting that start but I think these two teams though the 49ers and the Packers are pretty evenly matched all things considered and I will say this the Packers were without Zadarius Smith he's been he he's been on the uh uh the IR Recently, he's not going to come back until a few more weeks, and he's a really good pass rusher. So they were missing him, but you know, in the end, the tandem of Rodgers and, and Adams, they won that game for him.
1: One hundred percent. So on the opening drive, Crosby, Max, Matt Crosby, or yeah, Matt Crosby nails. I'm, I'm thinking of Max Crosby. Mason. Uh, oh, Mason! Jesus Christ, uh, Mason Crosby. uh <laughs> Nails a 54-yard field goal on the opening drive. And if you don't think he was going to make that 51-yarder at the gun, you're crazy because he proved he can. I mean, it's a different situation. I realize that, but he has the leg. He's proven it time and time. Uh, The Niners' lack of veteran running backs may bite them in the ass right now. And I know we talked about, you know, Shanahan can make any running back look good. I don't think that's the case right now. I think that they really have to have a hard discussion about whether or not they want to pony up the money to Todd Gurley because the lack of running game is going to kill this team. That's what their offense feeds on. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo feeds on. If you're not going to have a good running game going forward and the offense suffers, I know they scored 28 points, so that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that you may be better off if you cannot run the ball to the effect that Shanahan wants to do it. You may be better off not starting Trey Lance, but you may be better off playing him more and more because you have the benefit of using him in different ways. He's very effective in the read option right now. He could throw a pass here or there. I know Jimmy, while he made some silly mistakes, like the interception, that was just a great play on by Jahir Alexander. The tuck rule-ish kind of play, where he threw the ball backwards, which for a second there, I was I was going to text my pops and be like, please tell me you think that's a fumble. Because if it's not, that's... Ironic oh on your gosh. part, one hundred percent. Could you imagine if,
2: like, <laughs> could you imagine if Tim? His Ryan arm's is, going forward. Could you imagine if Tim Ryan is going? Oh, they're bro, an, they're going to review this, bro. They're calling Why? it. An, they're calling it an incomplete pass, and then your
1: dad goes, "Why?
2: <laughs> that would have been the best." Oh, oh.
1: bro, they're going to review this.
2: Oh man, look, I, I get, I get your Todd Gurley thing, right? right. I get mm-hmm. your Todd Gurley thing. But w- if you don't trade for Marlon Mack,
1: then what oh. are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good one, too. How, how much money does Marlon Mack make right
2: now? $2 million. $2 million. He's 25 years old. He was out last season with an injury. And they I don't know why they drafted Jonathan Taylor in the first place because Marlon Mack has been very good. I mean, the dude was a, a first-round fantasy pick in every single league. Like, there's something there. you got to trade for this guy if you're the Niners. You
1: have okay. to. But they had they gave up a shit ton of draft capital to get Trey Lance. Right. I understand that you may get him for like a fifth round pick at this point, right? But they they want those picks next year of what they have remaining. Speaking of the game, though, just going with the rest of it, that was the game that Nick Bosa needed to take over. And I understand he already has three sacks on the season. But when you're playing the third string left tackle number seventy three for the Packers, I want to say his name right, Josh Nijman? I hope I'm saying that right anyway sure that's 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 the way it's spelled but number seventy three for the Packers. um he he didn't allow bosa to get to aaron rodgers at all, and I know that ah. a lot is what eh, keep keep nah. keep going okay uh, he, he, he did a good job keep going okay with whatever you finish your point I'm sorry well the point i'm making a ton of points here, but the thing i i mean if this niner team wants to be like the 2019 team, they need to get the pass rush going. It can't just all be Nick Bosa. It's got to be Ebicom. It's got to be Javon Kinlaw, who they drafted in the first round. It's got to be Eric Armstead. It's got to be D. Ford, who was not present in that game whatsoever. So if you want to have the same team from 2019, 2019, that team needs to start rushing the passer a lot more frequently because that secondary, right now with the injuries that it has, and it's getting only worse with Josh Norman getting hurt now, and he wasn't great to begin with, even though he had his moments against Devontae Adams, you're going to get torched week in and week out. They had no answer for Devontae Adams. They probably have no answer this week for Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. So if you want to have any chance of staying at football games and not having wide receivers run free down the middle, you got to get to the quarterback if you're the Niners.
2: You do. Absolutely. But I'm not looking at Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, at the beginning of the game, And I tweeted this out, but (laughs) I was just, there were a few plays there where I was just paying attention to Nick Bosa and Nick Bosa only. And he was dominating that left tackle, dominating him. But then later on in the game, the Packers, unlike the 49ers, and this is part of the reason why the 49ers lost the game, but the Packers made that in-game adjustment to constantly have Robert Tunyon chip at Bosa. There are a couple, there are a couple of videos that were posted online of Tunyon just completely destroying Bosa yeah. out of at, from the blind side, and it's like he didn't even see him coming. So I'm not pinpointing that so much on Bosa. I think it's those other guys that got to step up, though. They got to get something going in the interior. I, you know, Kinlaw's got to be that guy. Uh, Mo Hurst hasn't come back. Arden Key, even Arden Key, when he comes in. You know how excited 49er fans were when, when Arden Key was signed to the team? Why? When, when he came over from the Raiders. Because everybody, everybody is saying, oh, I like this Arden Key guy. I like him from the Raiders. He was supposed to be good on the Raiders. And I'm like, just wait. He'll get into the backfield and he'll whiff on getting to the quarterback because yes, that's it, what Arden Key does.
1: It sounds like John Lynch not having any creativity and just taking all of John Gruden's picks. I'm kidding. I I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: But he was drafted before Gruden got there, anyway, right? Twenty
1: seventeen. No, 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 no. He was the, that was part of that class, the first uh, twenty eighteen. Oh, that's right, right, right. Because
2: yeah. Mack got traded. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but I don't know. I'm not
1: focusing so much on So
2: I'm looking at those other guys that need to that need to get to the quarterback. Plus, I mean, the forty or the the Packers were just two three step drops. Get the ball out. Like, how long did Aaron Rodgers really hang in the pocket? No, you I
1: know. know no, no, no. Believe me, I know that it was a lot of quick passes, but at the same time, yes, you could say that Nick Bosa was, you know, messing that dude up, number 73. But in the end, he held his own and he didn't allow a sack on him, which I thought was going to be a field day. You remember two years ago, the regular season match? Nick Bosa was in the backfield the whole game against Aaron Rodgers. I want to just make a few more points about this game. Tripping the tripping penalty that was called. Wow, what the hell that was, was that? That when's was the last wild. time that happens. That was the last time that's been called. That was wild. Uh, Devontae Adams. Tough motherfucker to come back after that. Uh, whatever what happened there, it looked like he broke his collarbone. Still played in the game. Thought he was concussed. I, I, I did. I thought that we, he was like, oh, that he he might be done for a while. But he came back and made those two clutch catches on the last drive. Okay, this is where I, this is where I really wanted to have a discussion with you. And I know it was a lot of controversy. I'm sure on Monday morning with the morning show, and every morning show talking about the Niners
2: and the pregame
1: show from five to six. Okay. <laughs> Three plugs for Steven. I understand that you have to score when you're down 27 to 21. No doubt. You have to score a touchdown. Are you telling me that uh, Kyle Juszczyk, who's unbelievable, uh, just so versatile being the fullback that he is, you don't want him to not score on that play? Of course you want him to score on that play. But the ball was snapped with 12 seconds still on the play clock, play clock, whoops, and you have three timeouts if you're the Niners. The Packers don't have any timeouts. I'm not suggesting that Kyle Ushek doesn't score on that play. I'm just suggesting that that play doesn't need to be called right then and there. I understand that you need to score a touchdown, but the way that the NFL is played, if you give your opponent any other time on the back end to score, you can't have that. They're gonna capitalize on that, especially for Aaron Rodgers. I know people are like 37 seconds, it's not a big deal. That's a plethora of time if you're Aaron Rodgers. So I understand that you need to score a touchdown there, but I don't think you needed to score it right then and there. You could have run the ball a little more, and then you could have made sure that they're not getting the ball back when you score. In the end, you know, if the defense holds and stops the Packers, then we're not having this discussion. But it is it's questionable to me that you don't slow the game down a little bit more knowing that there's a chance. You don't give the Packers back the ball with any time. I look at, let's see
2: here. Where is it at? I look at the drive starting from the two minute warning. I look at those three pass plays that were immediately called. If you are, let me, let me just make sure I, let me just make sure I got the yardage, right. So you're on green Bay's 36 clock stop. You got two minutes left Mm -hmm. and you don't run a single run play. I understand that it it wasn't, you weren't getting it done uh, throughout the game. I understand the run game wasn't there, but you need to take some time off the clock in those first three plays because when it was third and 10 and luckily I mean, they—if I guarantee you, people would have been going nuts if they didn't get that uh, completion to Debo Samuel to make it a first down.
1: By the way, great hands by Debo. I'm, I've been really impressed with him. He's been unbelievable this year. He's a, he's a
2: lot of fun to watch. But at that point, when you're on that third and 10, they had a minute 53 left to go. Now, I don't know. There, there's got to be a situation there where you have to run the ball once just so you can take some time off the clock. I don't know, maybe it was on a first down. I don't know, maybe it was on... Maybe the incompletion put th- uh, through th- things out of whack for Kyle. I don't know, maybe he had a plan going into it. Maybe it's just, yeah, we'll complete it on first down. We'll complete the pass. We'll get positive yards. Then we'll run it on second down, get favorable third down yardage, and then we'll pass on third down. Then we'll go from there. So maybe it was the incompletions that just threw his uh, whole game plan out of whack. But speaking of use check, I always go back to my Favorite mic'd up moment of last season. I love the mic'd up stuff. Every time the NFL posts them on Wednesdays, love that. But last year, I don't know if you remember, but the Falcons were playing the lions and you have Matthew Stafford on the other side, known Mm -hmm. as one of the best, you know, fourth quarter quarterbacks of all time, whatever, you know, send all those records and it's always skewed, whatever you can have that argument. But (laughs) um, there was a moment where Matt Ryan is clearly telling Todd Gurley, hey, don't
1: score. You mean Matt Stafford?
2: No, Matt Ryan is telling Todd Gurley. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
2: He's telling him on the Falcons, he's like, hey, don't score. Right. And there was that moment where Gurley had a wide open hole because the Lions left him there, and he tried falling at the one before the goal line, but he couldn't do it. They end up scoring, then the Lions come back and they beat him and they drive downfield. Now, granted, the timing was different, Mm -hmm. but... I don't know. I, and Judging by the way that Shanahan has talked about it, judging by the way that Juszczyk has talked about it, I don't think they even had that into consideration that he wouldn't score. And the reason being is because Kyle Shanahan doesn't have any faith in his offense to get it done within the 10.
1: Yeah. No, I, I hear you, and they're not a great red zone offense to begin with. So when you have an ability to score, you got to take it. I'm just saying that that play call doesn't necessarily need to be called right there. If you're worried about Trey Sermon fumbling – and then get somebody else in to run the ball. Get Ustick to run the ball. I understand we're nitpicking because, in the end, the Packers came back and won the game on a fantastic field goal. Dude, get Debo to run the ball. Like, yeah, Debo too. But you, there is a thing of scoring too quickly in the NFL. I thought it happened. Remember the Thursday night game the Raiders and Chiefs played where Derek Carr went down the field and threw the touchdown pass to James Jones? Yes. And it was, they were 0 10 at the time. As soon as they scored that touchdown, it was like a minute left. And made the score twenty four to twenty. I turned to my dad immediately and said, That was too quick. And I was scared shitless that the Chiefs were gonna come back and score a touchdown. And sure enough they didn't, but there was that moment where Khalil Mack and C O Moore were dancing on the on the third down play. They they thought it was fourth down, they thought the game well, was over, and sure Justin, enough they didn't get back in time. Justin and then just, Tuck. Yeah, Shout Justin Tuck and, and Charles Woods had to call timeout and be like, You fucking idiots. But <laughs> It's, it's, it's just shit like that where, like, you know, I understand it's nitpicky stuff, but, yes, you had time to work with. I'm not suggesting that Kyle Juszczyk should not have scored. I'm suggesting that they should have run a different play there to milk the clock down a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's tough because, you, you know, you have ability to score, you take the ability to score, but I just thought they scored too quickly.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it could just be, looking back in in hindsight and just seeing how the game played out. Yeah. Because if all that happens, they score, the defense gets the job done. They don't, you know, just try and, um, you know, try and add leverage to the outside for wide receivers, like stopping them from even getting out of bounds, trying to keep them, um, you know, within the middle of the field. But it just so happened that Devonte Adams is just running up the seam and everyone just forgot to, to try and stop him. So yeah. You know, it, it's on really the, those last those last 30 seconds, whatever it is, that's that's going to be on everybody. And, you know, it's a close game, though. This is also football.
1: You know, shit yeah. happens
2: like, it's, yeah. you know, it's it's you can I can nitpick all I want. And again, I got to, you know, got to fill an hour from five to six. And that was a big talking point. And Fourth I, bug. I don't always come in with the best of takes the the day after the game, especially ones like that after the night, because I watch back and, Oh, maybe, Ooh, maybe I was wrong on that, but yeah. I was adamant about Kyle or Kyle. You not scoring, but then you look at the red zone numbers and you're like, yeah. okay, that makes a little sense. But also it's just Shanahan, not having faith on his team to score within the 10. It's crazy. I've, I just haven't seen that in a while. I'm just not used to it. So that's just what happened.
1: It was a good game. It was a great game. And, and, and at the end, you know, you're two and one, you're still in the thick of things, but with the NFC West, every loss feels like oh, shit. Like, what 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 are we gonna do here? Because as we'll get as we'll get to it later on, they're playing a big game again against the Seahawks, and the loser of this game will be at the bottom of the division, with one team being undefeated at four and zero. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit, real quick. Wanna, here,
2: hang on, hang on. Yeah, one yeah, more, yeah, yeah. one more thing. Yeah. yeah, that Jair Alexander play that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You didn't even. You didn't even mention once Garoppolo on that play. You just said Garoppolo interception, Jair a- Alexander made a fantastic play. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Immediately, though, as soon as that interception was thrown, all the shit was being talked about Jimmy on social media. It was all Jimmy, was Jimmy, it? Jimmy, Jimmy this, Jimmy that. And then it's like, did nobody just see Jair Alexander? Yeah use technique and speed in order to get back to that ball and not only that take the perfect route the perfect angle to get to that ball when really it was well thrown and just so happened that the quarterback on the other side made an amazing play like that just goes to show what the 49er fan base thinks of Jimmy right away it's always his fault
1: well that's what I was going to bring up with you is what was the reaction after this game? Everybody was like, all right, let's, let's go Trey Lance now. And also, on top of that, did you ever think we get to this point now in the Bay Area? And I know that they don't play in the Bay Area anymore, but I always remember back in the 2018 season when the Raiders were still in Oakland. 95-7, the game had a poll with all of the broadcasters that were on the net, on the station. And they asked, who's the better quarterback in the Bay Area? And unanimously, it was Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr. Do you think that's the case anymore?
2: Not anymore, of course. Of course not. not. At, at the time, it was different, though. It makes sense. I thought. I thought that those two were. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fun discussion because they were. I thought they were very evenly matched. You know, I, I. I really did. But this year, it's 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 on a different level. You can compare. I mean, you can compare Carr to
1: any of the top tier quarterbacks going right now. Like he's been that good. I know it's a stupid conversation to have, but he's in the MVP discussion, and I know that he was in that discussion in 2016. I didn't think so as much, but he's leading the league in passing right now, and we'll see where it goes. There's a lot of football to be played. I think yeah, having an MVP let's, discussion let's, through let's, three games is stupid. Let's
2: hold off on I that. know, We've I know, I know. Believe,
1: Stephen, this. believe me, who do you talking to here? But
2: the 49er fan base, this past week—
1: They want Trey Lance?
2: There, no, there have been—it wasn't even that. There have been some, you know, Kyle Shanahan haters out there, and that's going back even to 2019 after the Super Bowl, going into 2020. And a lot of fans are just saying, well, they were hurt by injuries. You got to give Kyle Shanahan a break. In the first two years, his roster wasn't shaped out correctly. When he had one and it was fully healthy in 2019, took him to a Super Bowl. I have faith in Shanahan. But after this game, the way that it was managed toward the end, what we just talked about in, the, in that final drive, that final scoring drive, I haven't seen the fans react to Kyle Shanahan the way they are now, which is the ones who always were – you know, trying to be realist about Shanahan, they're extremely loud right now. And then the other people who maybe were quiet about that and you know maybe we're you know, maybe we're on Shanahan's side, they've started to to do a little 180. A lot of the discussion this week has been surrounding Shanahan, not so much Garoppolo.
1: I think people need to give Shanahan a break because you know how many bad coaches this team has seen? Yeah. Jimmy T, Jimmy Tom Sula to Chip Kelly. I think this this guy is good. I think this guy is really good. And he's a hard ass. He's not like the other young coaches in the NFL. They're just like, oh, shucks. You know, my best player is going to play. He's a hard ass. He doesn't let Brendan IU play. He doesn't let Trey Sermon play. He wants to be just as seen as an offensive genius as Sean McVay. And I'm sure it pisses him off that everyone's like, Sean McVay, is this this – oh my god, this pretty boy who has the team playing fantastic offense. He's on the same caliber as Sean McVay. He just doesn't want to talk to the media the same way. Yeah. And I'm sure he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. They just score too quickly. Not his fault. He wants to play with Trey Lance. I'm sure it kills him then he's like, God, I wish this quarterback was up to speed so I can just dissect the league right now. But he, he can't. And by 40, the way, I'm oh, sorry, go
2: ahead. 49er fans too. Like, I'm sorry, but I haven't seen Kyle Shanahan play with a, or excuse me, coach with a starting quarterback who is better than a majority of the guys in the league. Like I haven't, I haven't seen that at all. I think Jimmy Garoppolo and this is where I've kind of come down on it. I'm, I'm not as high on Garoppolo as a lot of people and everyone throws the record in my face, his, his winning record, whatever it is. But also I know it's a big sample size. It's like 35 games or something like that. But with where he's at in his career, 35 games is not a lot when you really think about it. And think about these guys who are the franchise quarterbacks. Like, I mean, Derek Carr had already played 35 games into you know three and in halfway into his third season. Like, like it's not that big of a sample size to me. And I think that Garoppolo and how jittery he was. Jittery Jimmy is the new thing, I guess, among 49ers Twitter. But with how he looked in that first half, it's just always, well, he was good in the fourth quarter. It's like, no, you need your quarterback to be good every single game, every single quarter. You you need him to be locked in. Sure, he can make some mistakes here and there, but I mean, this guy can't get it going for the entirety of a game. He always has a good half or a good quarter, and everyone's like, well, he did well that quarter. He did well. He's the reason they scored on that touchdown drive. I'm like, well, how about what in the first half? What about in the first half? Until the final drive heading into halftime, he wasn't doing anything. They had to bring in Trey Lance in the red zone because they didn't have faith in him to score.
1: So you're saying Jimmy Garoppolo is Tim Tebow, just pulling games out of his ass?
2: I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I'm kidding.
1: Because Garoppolo
2: can actually throw a football.
1: There you go. Um, And Tebow could catch, or not. Or he can't block. Anyway. um, yeah, Yeah, I mean... I'm just not yeah. high on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's it. I'm just yeah, but I'm, at, not as high the, as
2: everyone else is.
1: At, at the end of the day, they were down 17 to nothing and they came back to lead 28 to 27, and it took yeah. an Aaron Rodgers miracle for them to win again. Right. So I think the Niners are on the good on a good path. It just we'll see what happens because two and two is not crazy. It's not like, oh my god, our season's over. But it very well could happen because it's not the biggest problem right now, is the quarterback. You can score points with either quarterback. Well, you would score more points with Jimmy right now, as opposed to Trey, I, my belief. But if that pass rush can't get to teams, they're going to get torched. Because that secondary, in my opinion, has not been good even back to 2019. Mm. I know that you know Jimmy Ward came into play and guys were playing better, Richard Sherman. The pass rush was so good, they didn't have to worry about the secondary. And what happened when in the Super Bowl when Nick Bosa and D Ford and those guys weren't getting to Mahomes? In the end, Mahomes was throwing the wasp play to Tyreek kill. He threw that pass play against Richard Sherman with Sammy Watkins. I don't think that secondary has ever been great. And I think the biggest thing is that defensive line needs to make up for the secondary.
2: They're also hurt though. I, I, I understand I it's that, but excuse, and it's an excuse. I know, but Kwan Williams, leaving that game with a calf injury, he's so important in the slot, Jason Verrett out for the year. I mean, that just stinks. Josh Norman's actually been pretty good. But when you when your only option is to have Diamador Lenore, who they were just targeting the entirety of the game toward the end, who you're in a tough place. Diamador Lenore out of Oregon.
1: Diamador? Do, 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 do.
2: diamador Do 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 do. Dude, if he's if he becomes good, Diamador Lenore needs to <laughs> needs to get this nickname, I love the fact okay? that his name rhymes. This this he needs to get this nickname. If as soon as he becomes good, as soon as he becomes a captain, because that's the definition of this word, but Diamador, the commodore oh well
1: done Stephen. well done well done i like that there yeah. you
2: go yeah 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 <laughs> um what was the other oh god i had a point in my head and i was totally gonna bring it up and i forgot it oh today Speaking yeah of which other okay. reasons why fans are starting to turn on kyle shanahan a little bit that book by seth wickersham espn reporter that uh mm-hmm. the one on the patriots and their dynasty yeah, yeah. i remember him yeah there was the excerpt which said that Brady told Wes Welker after the Super Bowl yeah. in 2019. You saw all that, right?
1: Yeah, I saw it. And I also saw it, no, no, nothing against Mike Silver. He, he works for NFL Network, and I respect his work. But the whole story about Shanahan getting pissed off at Matt LaFleur, too. You, you saw that one, right? Yeah.
2: <sighs> I don't care. It didn't, make how, it didn't make Shanahan look good. And that well, handshake after? The handshake didn't look good. The handshake and Matt Lafleur early on answering questions during the week. I looked. Look, dude. I googled ways to show you're lying, so I'm like an expert <laughs> now.
1: Okay. <Yeah.
2: laughs> but there was like ten different articles, which let me, like.
1: Let me guess. Rule number one: they scratch their head. Rule no. number two: they perspire a little bit. No. Rule number. No, one, rule number three: they don't make eye contact. Rule number one. Is that
2: they do a throat clear or a gulp because as your adrenaline is pumping, your body needs to pump saliva into your body.
1: So when you lie, you lose saliva.
2: So when you lie, you're you you know it's not you 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 don't lose saliva, but you need the saliva. And right at the end of the <laughs> clip with Matt LaFleur, when he what was the lying, fuck? he went right at the end of Google it. Right at the end of the clip.
1: You sound trim bulky. You gotta Google it. You gotta Google it.
2: Right at the end of the clip, Matt LaFleur goes, Yeah, so I like him. <laughs> it's not exactly Well, lead.
1: okay, if you saw on the NBC replay reacts of the field goal, Matt LaFleur, when Mason Crosby hits that field goal, he lets out a big fuck yeah, and he's looking right across the bench. There's something. So there. I don't want to say that draft day there was all this, you know, Stuff going on. And you know what? If 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 that's what's being reported, then that's what's being reported. But there's 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 definitely something going on between the two. And you know, shit happens. But there'll probably be an icy handshake between Belichick and Brady this weekend. It's sports. Shanahan said it best after the game. He kicked my ass. So I'm not gonna be thrilled about it.
2: Now you interrupted me, because I was getting to a larger point talking about Brady. Sorry. So That whole article came out, and uh, it was said that Kyle and his assistant coaches watched every snap, offensive snap from uh from obviously offensive every snap in 2019 from Tom Brady. Yeah, they did an evaluation, and they said that he was marginally better than where Tom Brady or or Tom Brady was marginally better than where Garoppolo was at that point in their careers. And honestly, that makes a little that makes some sense. That I I, I get that because in 2019. Brady didn't really look like the same guy. No one expected him to to do what he did in 2020. But and I, and I feel like with the situation that he was in, it would have been completely different. I'm not really harping on that Tom Brady thing, mm-hmm. but man, I think more than Brady, I think fans should be pissed. They didn't try to do anything to get Stafford. Like well, how they, how they, did, they did.
1: They did, though, man. Well, what was it, though? Okay, so here's the deal.
2: Not not, not, not that it do anything, but should be more pissed that they didn't get Matt Stafford or didn't obtain
1: him. Okay, so so here's the deal. I read the Seth Wickersham thing that Brady told Wes Welker that he wants to end his career with the 49ers, and in the Uh end, the 49ers made the move to stay with Jimmy. In the end, the Titans told Brady the same thing. We're sticking with Ryan Tannehill. The Niners aren't as cutthroat and ruthless as the Rams. That's what it just comes down to. At that moment, Jimmy Garoppolo had just taken the Niners to the Super Bowl. And it's hard to argue with that fact and then go, you know what, Jimmy? Adios. We're sending you back to New England. We're going to get Brady as our quarterback. That would have been a big fucking move. And at that moment, Jed York, John Lynch, and Kyle Shanahan, even though I'm sure it crossed his mind, did not want to make that move. Then looking to L.A., and seeing that Jared Goff signed a big-ass contract, but yet Matthew Stafford wants to come to the team, Sean McVay didn't hesitate. He called his owner and said, I want to make this move. I don't care how it looks. I don't care that Jared Goff probably hates me now. We're making this move. And in the end, they did it. And they didn't even tell Jared Goff, because Jared Goff's agent had to tell him, you're being traded to the Lions. Now, as far as I've been told, the 49ers... We're in on Matthew Stafford, and Kyle Shanahan has been vocal about this. They were just pissed that they didn't get a chance to do anything because Matthew Stafford from the get-go wanted to go to the Rams. And it's not some coincidence that Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, and Andrew Whitworth were all in Cabo together. They all were there planning it out. Shanahan thought he was going to be able to negotiate on Sunday morning. Turns out the deal was already done on Saturday night. So it is what it is. It is what it is.
2: And and speaking of Cabo, though, I mean, that was the other part. Like, he was in Cabo. Kyle Shanahan was in Cabo and looked up every snap from Tom Brady in 2019. Yeah. Same thing with Stafford. They talked about it on that Flying Coach podcast with McVay and Peter Schrager where Peter! They were, they were going over that entire <laughs> – that was actually not bad. They, I stole uh, that from Guy Haberman. They <laughs> – they- <laughs> But, you know, when they were talking about Stafford, he was talking about how he was all in Cabo. It's like, what are you guys doing Cabo, man? (laughs) Great. Good God. Hey, man, that's the on some tequila. Enjoy the ocean. Stop worrying about football for just a second. Yeah, that but. is that
1: is kind of weird that they hey, let's go to Cabo. We bring in the wives. No, we're just gonna go over film there. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to
2: we're gonna hang out with We're going to hang out with our best friends and we're going to watch film and try to obtain people in this offseason.
1: Yeah. Nah. Oh, boy, Stephen, we have a lot more to get to. I think we're going to put Rick Tittle on a separate podcast. This will be its own thing. And we'll have, uh, by the way, fantastic interview with Rick Tittle this week. Listen to the interview. It will be a separate podcast from this one. If you're listening to the podcast. But let's just go through the week one games a little bit and what your reaction were to some of the games and the outcomes. Starting with Justin Fields, baby. Oh, yeah. 48 yards of offense.
2: What was it? Six, didn't he have 68 yards passing and he was sacked for 67 yards total? Yes, yeah, so so it was, was a net over.
1: of one. Maybe, maybe, so maybe, it was, maybe it was more than 48. i have to look it up here.
2: It was 68, the the amount that he passed for. That is just oh, – that's but exactly it, but, what but, people But thought. it goes
1: – Yeah, but it goes back to my point where just, like, some of these guys aren't ready. None of the rookie quarterbacks look good. Mac Jones threw three picks. Justin Fields had a hard day. It's not entirely on his fault. His quarterback could have run a little more of an offense in his style. Uh, Who else sucked? Uh, Zach Wilson didn't look good against the Broncos. I did the game for uh, NFL Network, the Trevor Lawrence game against the Cardinals, that pick six. Uh, It wasn't so much Trevor Lawrence's fault. It was just a flea flicker that was stupid in that situation. Um. Yeah. Court, rookie rookie quarterbacks, with the exception of Trey Lance, who hasn't really done much yet, all look pretty bad.
2: It all depends on where they get where to get in, where they fit in, though, right? And yeah. let's look at Sam Darnold. Three yeah, years with better the Jets, situation. Right? Three years, just you're in a crappy situation. It's not good. I mean, that's the that's the that's the hard part about drafting these quarterbacks so early, and it's the you know these teams that are drafting you know, number one, number two, number three, overall, it's not like the 49ers where they had the luxury of 2018, having that crappy season and then being able to draft Nick Bosa at two. Like those guys were all going into situations, which stunk the Patriots. They were trying to like rebuild their entire team when they brought Mac Jones in. Now that's not to say he can't improve. And you know, Josh McDaniels is not a good offensive coordinator. He's probably more just as well set up as any of these other guys, but they're just not in good situations right now. I can't make like an evaluation on the rookie quarterbacks, but yeah. uh, but Justin Fields, though, was just running for his life. And let's give some credit to Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Oh, man, four
1: and a half man. sacks. He's Could have had five. dud. getting a career high in a season with two sacks. I'm kidding, but that was a dominating. You know what's hilarious? The Browns had nine sacks. You know how many the Bears had? Five. The Bears' wow. defense kept him in that game, and in the end, it was twenty-six to six. But there's only so much you could do with what was it, sixty-eight yards of offense? Yeah, sixty-eight yards passing, unbelievable. Yeah. I need to start giving up on Carson Wentz because uh, that's another that's another pick that did me in with the wing. Um, yeah, we
2: throw him in there along the likes of Cole Beasley too, because he's part of that unvaccinated population of athletes.
1: We'll get to that a little later, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: I'm not feeling good. Honestly, dude, I'm I'm, like, I'm at the point now where as a host, you know, as a radio guy. Yeah. I sometimes feel a little, you know, skeptical about calling these guys out for what they're doing with their craft. Because these guys are professional Mm -hmm. athletes and I'm just a radio host who's sitting on my ass eating Tostitos while watching you on TV. But with salsa? With salsa.
1: Okay, good. You'd be a crazy person. But with this
2: vaccination thing, this is when real life comes into play. And some of these guys are a lot younger than I am, so I could feel like, "Hey, let's teach you, young bucks, a couple of things <laughs> about health." You know. So anyway, I like. All we'll, right, we'll no, no, no.
1: I I respect your opinion on that, and uh, it's just your opinion, man. It's just but, my opinion, man. No, we'll, we'll 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 go into more detail about the vac stuff because obviously there's a big player in the Bay Area that is not uh, complying with that. Yeah. But um, I mean, Kirk Cousins is playing his ass off, so the That's Plexiglass true. must be working. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is with the Colts. And I, I guess Carson Wentz is just not the same guy that I thought he was. So uh, we'll yeah, see where, where, where that the goes. Window. That's They're out three. the window,
2: bro. That's out the window.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, this is a game I want to talk about because I was watching this while I was working in NFL Network in the morning, and I didn't see the situation at the time, but it makes me question it now. Great performance by the Chargers beating Thank the Chiefs. You. Good. Uh, the Chiefs with three turnovers to start the game right off the bat. Haven't done that in a long-ass time. Mahomes looked unsettled for the first time in a while. He threw... I know he's trying to... Like Sometimes it's a little too backyard football where twice he did that stuff where he threw the no-look pass to the receiver that wasn't expecting it. Doink, interception. Then at the end of the game, he just throws one up for... I think it was Kelsey. I forget who it was. It was Kelsey. And it's an easy pick for the Chargers guy when they're trying to get in field goal range to win the game. Now, on the flip side, I give a ton of respect to Brandon Staley and the Chargers and Justin Herbert for winning that game. However, the game is tied, 24 to 24. The Chiefs are down to one timeout left. You can in the same kind of situation with the 49ers, not really, but I mean the, the 49ers need to score, all the Chargers need to do is kick a field goal and they win the game. Uh-huh. You throw a touchdown pass to Mike Williams and yeah. you go up 30 to 24. And immediately Tony Romo goes, "Great. But why? And I didn't realize it in the moment when I was watching it. But watching it back, I'm like, yeah, why the hell would they do that? They missed the extra point and give the ball back to Mahomes when they never had to give the ball back to him in the first place. So while it's a great victory and props to the Chargers for winning that game, horrible, horrible clock management, in my opinion.
2: It was. It was. However, they got it done. I know. I know. And that's the most important part because I remember watching
1: that. Sorry to cut you off, but if you know Mahomes had a ridiculous pass to win the game and they went 31-30, to that's all we're fucking talking about. Mike McCarthy looks like a genius compared to this guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, and (laughs) I I agree. I'm with you because I'm watching that and I was just thinking, what the hell is happening? They're just doing everything. Not only was it the play calling. But then it's just the illegal shifts. It's the holding penalties. It's everything. But you know what happened? They, they got bailed out because yeah. they have a fantastic quarterback in Justin Herbert and they got weapons. So that's what happens. Kyle Shanahan doesn't necessarily have that with his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Brandon Staley does. Yeah. So it worked. Sorry. Oh,
1: my
0: God.
2: But, um, that but that interception by Mahomes, I think, the funny part was, I mean, how how much in your head were you were you thinking, oh snap, that's going to be completed and they're about to score? Like that's where Mahomes is at in his career to the point where it's like, oh, that may not seem like a smart throw, but it's Mahomes. Yeah. So maybe it's going to be a completion for a deep gain.
1: Yeah, I mean, at any point he could score. Um It's crazy to me though that while Mahomes is fantastic, the rest of the team is not great, in my opinion. Mahomes is great. The offense is great. The defense is having a hard time stopping anybody. So while we talk about the Raiders, while the Chiefs are at 1-2 and two and we still think that they could get back in the mix of the AFC West, it's going to be hard for them to compete if, they, if their defense doesn't change. Same thing with the Seahawks. I think they're very similar teams right now where they're at the bottom of their divisions in very good divisions, and they could easily come out of it. Because of the great greatness of the quarterbacks, but their defenses suck so bad that it's just something that they're going to have to overcome the entire season. They don't have anyone on the edge. Well, they the guy, well Frank Clark and now Chris Jones plays on the edge. Frank, uh, does Chris Jones really? Is
2: he more playing on the edge? I thought he. Was yeah, the and they, tackle, no, though. no,
1: they moved him to defensive end now.
2: Really? Yep. Wow. Well, that's me completely just botching that. <laughs> but look, man, he's got it. I mean, he didn't have a sack in this game. They're not getting to the quarterback. That's number one.
1: They can't stop not, anybody.
2: If you're I mean, not winning the, in the trenches, then what are you doing?
1: What's the biggest game plan when you're playing the Ravens to stop Lamar Jackson from running? I know it's hard to do, but they couldn't, the, they didn't expect that on fourth and one or the touchdown or any of that shit. Mm. It, 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 the, the, those, those two divisions right now are so competitive that I would not be the least bit surprised if the Chiefs, just with the way that things swing, they'll still make the playoffs. I have no doubt they'll still make the playoffs. I would to be surprised if it's the same kind of situation with the Dodgers. Great team. Wild card team. Same thing for the Chiefs. Same thing maybe for the, the Seahawks. Give it time.
0: I know. It's give, early. I give
1: know. it time. It's so early. Like, I want to I, I end on reviewing this last uh, game of the week. Uh, last week. Bucks and Rams. I was expecting this game to be a lot closer. The Rams are... Very, very good, and I know people are going to say Matthew Stafford just has everybody wide open. Wide open, so what? Those receivers are getting wide open. Deshaun Jackson is just going by guys. Cooper Cup's open every single play. Robert Woods. That whole offense. They don't have to run the ball at all, and it will change eventually. Teams will catch on. But I'm very impressed. Anyone that says. That they shouldn't have traded Jared Goff away. You can't say that now. Matthew Stafford looks like this is, this is the perfect quarterback for Sean McVay. Did you see him sprinting after <laughs> Deshaun Jackson scored that one touchdown? Yeah, he is happy as a little schoolboy right now. Deshaun Jackson, that's
2: unbelievable. For one, that I mean, what is he? Thirty four years old, and he's still outrunning everybody. And he was led still-
1: the lead Led, I, I think he uh, leads history in the most seventy five yard plays in history. And and mean, he, did th- he did his normal thing where he like runs up and down, zigzag to like run the clock down because he's so fucking fast.
2: Yeah, and I, and you, like back pedals. At least he didn't you know fumble the ball this time before he gets into the end zone, which that was his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still unbelievable that he's able to do it at 34 years old. And I'm gonna credit Dan Orlovsky with this, and this is what I'm gonna pay attention to because.
1: Oh, um, that heck!
2: Oh, he's no, great. Kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, he's great. Everyone always gets on him for that, you know, that one play in the back of the end zone. But they do play 12 years in the NFL. Like, give him a little credit. Yeah. Uh, but um, Cooper Cup throughout his time has been that wide receiver. And you would hear this every single game that the Rams would play. But it was, well, he's so good at finding that soft spot in the zone. Oh, man, he's found that soft spot in the zone and he got open. <laughs> He found that soft spot in the zone, and wow, he made the catch. You'd hear that a billion times on the broadcast. But, but he doesn't. But something Dan Orlovsky pointed, pointed out was, you know how pitchers, whenever they have a deadly fastball, Justin Verlander was the king at this. But when you, have a, when you have the ability to throw 97, 98 miles an hour, you tend to change your speed on the fastball just to full hitters. You don't have to throw a changeup but you could put maybe a little less on it. And instead it's, you know, 93, 94 miles an hour. Whereas well, Verlander would start off the game throwing 93, 94, then end it throwing 97. That's what made him so unbelievably deadly. But Cooper cup, when he runs routes, he changes his speed on these routes. So he'll run something at the cornerback. Then maybe the cornerback thinks he's going to do the exact same thing. Oh, the the the, uh, the formations the same the personnel's the same he's gonna be running this route I've been watching that much film but then he might <laughs> run that route a little slower than expected and that's the type of thing that gets him open so if I you know next time I do watch the Rams I'm gonna be keep an eye on that for Cooper cup and how he gets open but he's great I mean it's a fun team to
1: watch right now every team needs a slot white guy I'm telling you <laughs> yeah everyone. <laughs> Real quick here, then we'll pick the games for uh, Wins or Wangs. Um, this is the first time you watch the Manning cast, right? This is the best, best pathway Yes. Okay, so what would you think of it? Well, I do agree with you that they don't need the interviews. Like, I didn't need LeBron. Yes. I didn't need LeBron. What, okay. It,
2: oh, very impressive that he very impressive that he predicted a run play
1: on the oh. touchdown.
2: They go back Heated. to the run. Well, he's great.
1: Hayden Manning must be like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. They, they put this guy on thinking that he knows football, and – I love that he always has to bring up, well, the Seahawks offered me a contract. The Cowboys offered me a contract. Wow. They don't need the guests. like Nick Saban's on there and just like Peyton. Like my favorite thing about when the guests are on, Peyton doesn't give a shit. He is sitting there and it's a blowout. The Cowboys are winning and he his eyes are still like – like, Let me try and do it. Yeah, yeah let me yeah, try yeah. And do it
2: as you're talking. What
1: do you yeah. Peyton is still watching the game. <laughs> yes. And then when someone makes like like the game's out of like, at a, you know, it, it, it's a blowout, like I said. But when Jalen Hurts throws like a shitty pass and he gets upset about it and Nick Saban's talking about. Yeah, exactly. Nick Saban is like talking about like, oh, yeah, Jalen Hurts is a great player. Then you could see visually Peyton Manning getting frustrated with the way he's playing. And <laughs> I loved uh, I, I honestly I don't know how much I'll watch it if it's a close game but when it's a blowout like it was this past week, it's just fun to watch. Like it's Eli is funny. Eli's pretty funny. He, him doing the salsa dancing and moving the torque, um, him flipping off, uh, the camera and then thinking that they could blur it out in the moment. Peyton Manning's face is like, Jesus Christ, this fucking, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the best part
2: though, I actually, I'm not going to lie. I did think that, uh, because I don't see Nick Saban happy that often. I don't yeah. really see him smile, but seeing the joy that he had watching Eli from Eli's places get flipped over on his raft when he went out boating.
1: No, I didn't like, see that.
2: The the this big ass smile on Nick Saban's face, it was making me laugh because I've never seen him get any joy out of anything ever, even winning a championship. <laughs> it was you so need to funny. watch
1: you need to watch a football life on Nick Saban. I do. That's because new, right? what's up? It's new, right? It's brand new. It came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Football Life is back. It's a great series. Um, there's a moment in there that me and my roommate have been laughing about where they try to show Nick Saban being a family guy. And it's an old interview when he took the Alabama job at first. And they ask him, how, how much are you, uh, you know, how close are you with your, with your uh, children? And he's like, oh, you know, uh, I'm very close. You know, Monday through Thursday, I'm game planning. And obviously Friday, I'm coaching in a game. But you best believe Friday night we're watching the O.C. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you right now, and I I, I can't do a good Nick Saban. I'm telling you right now, (laughs) if it's between football and the O.C., I'm taking the O.C. every time. So quit asking.
2: Oh, my God. I didn't expect that. What a lineup of shows. From like House to the OC, never watched the OC, but there are always commercials going on with it. What's his name? Brody?
1: California.
2: What's his name? Brody. Is that his name? Yeah. The actor. Anyway, yeah, something like
1: that. Adam um,
2: Brody, Adrian Brody. Adam Brody. I think that's the right one. Not Adrian Brody. Um, A- Adrian
1: Brody of the Schnoz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, pianist.
2: Going back to the tough word to say on radio. Going back to the um, Manning cast, though. Uh, one of my favorite parts was how Peyton was just breaking down film of like a touchdown, and he's mm-hmm. going to like his big screen that's that's standing up to the left, and he's like pointing his fingers, he's getting all animated into it, and yeah. Eli's just sitting there like this the entire time. <laughs> and then Peyton's like, "You see that, Eli? You see <laughs> that? You see that? Uh, you see that breakdown that I just gave for you?" And Eli's like, "I didn't." Uh, <laughs>
0: what that was a good
2: painting yeah and then Eli's just like <laughs> e- Eli's just no I didn't see that but I saw your big ass head uh, yeah. um I like it I, I I like it a lot his ma the meatloaf line
1: oh perfect
2: how perfect off the cuff that was how quick perfect that was. timing oh it was I'm, I'm really enjoying the broadcast plus how passionate Peyton is you could tell yeah. that he loves
1: it And he could not care less about the guests. He just wants to watch football, even when the game's out of out of hand. I love one of the best analyst jobs I've ever seen in quite some time. It's the fourth down and fourth and goal play, and Dak Prescott makes a play and throws a touchdown pass to Cedric Wilson in the end zone. Prior to that, Peyton Manning says, "You feel like you gotta kick the field goal here, right? You kick the field goal here." Oh, they're coming out with a – I mean, nothing makes me believe that the plays they've run in the red zone is going to get a touchdown for you right now, but whatever. Here we go. And Dak Prescott throws the touchdown. And most guys would have been like, great touchdown pass by Dak Prescott. Peyton Manning says, well, that's a great play by Prescott, but that's a dumb play call right there. They did nothing. That's just Dak making a play right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare you hear that, so I, like I said a couple weeks ago, I am looking forward to Peyton Manning being in the booth with Eli and Al Michaels next year.
2: And how quickly—I um, don't know if that'll happen—but how quickly <laughs> they're able to dissect the blitz, like yeah. right away. Because normally it would be, you know, the 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 sack happens. Maybe they go to commercial break, and then after, when they have, you know, when the analysts have four minutes worth of time to to go through it, then they can. Go back to the broadcast and explain why that why that sack happened. But there was one. It was like a total disguise. Um, It wasn't on it wasn't on Prescott. I think it was on Hertz or maybe it was on Prescott. I can't remember which team it was. Actually, it might have been the Eagles on defense anyway, but uh, they were breaking it down in such a way where it was just so quick. It's just like, oh, you see, the safety was right here. They were expecting him to go two-man, but instead they, they went only single-high. They had that guy coming on this side, and they overloaded it, and there was nothing he could do about it. It's just those little things where, damn, it was. it's worth it watching this. But, again, the guests, I'm, I'm out on. Yeah, it. no,
1: don't, don't need the guests. One of my favorite moments was there was a play where Ezekiel Elliott was supposed to be in the backfield, and he wasn't, and Dak Prescott looks to throw to somebody, and he's not there. There's nobody on the handoff. So at first, Peyton laughs and goes, oh, there's nobody on the backfield on that play. (laughs) That's crazy. Then on the next play, they throw an incomplete pass. Peyton goes from, oh, gee, shucks, to getting angry going, see, that's why you can't have screw-ups on first down like that. Now you're in a position where you can't score. (laughs) By the way, uh, Chris Long, probably the best guess they had because his line, he, he just, he like Peyton and Eli are all about like quarterback stuff. Like we watch film all the time. And then Chris is like, I hate watching film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised listening to Chris Long's podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if he just smoked a huge doobie before coming on that.
2: <laughs> Maybe, but yeah, <laughs> he's just like blaming the quarterbacks on why we have to stay in these stupid yeah. meetings. But then like, and, then, and know- then
1: he's applying, uh, he's applying, uh, deodorant to himself in between breaks. And the best part was when, they score a touchdown. I don't know how ESPN is about betting and stuff, but while the touched, oh, while the extra points being kicked, Chris, you just hear Chris Long go, uh, got the over.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eli's making fun of him for being a pass rusher for being a defensive end. Yeah, it's like what are you guys got to watch film for anyway? What you just got to get <laughs> to the quarterback?
1: <laughs> it's funny, man. It's good, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. They're not doing it this week. I, I think that's good because they don't want to take away from. You know, at the end of the day, it's still Steve Levy and Louis Riddick and Brian Greasy. And if there's better games, I'm sure you want to watch those broadcasts of the main channel.
2: Yeah. If but if it's a week, blowout. Next week, I'm watching Raiders charge Oh, yeah. On the main yeah, board.
1: 100%. Yeah, it's, it's it's too big of a game to have, you know, the cast of Avengers on with Peyton. Yeah. yeah, or, <laughs> Which, or... The Muppets. Like, it's, eventually that's going to happen because Disney Plus is going to be like, we got to get these interviews with Peyton on.
2: Yeah. Or like when Derek Carr points out the middle linebacker and then Peyton's like, see, when he calls out the Mike (laughs) linebacker, that's what that's the type of thing that makes them read the coverage. And then they'll go on for like three downs about Mike linebackers and pointing them out. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the hell just happened?
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, you need to start perfecting that Peyton uh, impression before Caliendo gets to it. I
2: tried to from the detail. Because I'd watch a lot of the detail and, um, you know, it'd be like on a, like a two yard pass that didn't even turn into anything. He's just like, watch Matthew. I can't even do
1: it right now. I can't even do it. It's, no, that's good that's good just the just the draw you have watch that yeah,
2: yeah yeah he's just like patrick mahomes uh he he made that play he got the ball back to the referee they didn't toss it to him they handed it to him he must have been watching detail back in that last episode that i featured <laughs> on here yeah
1: I don't it's know, a kind it's of pretty good it, it, it's it's kind of like uh don knots a little bit like why was there so many blitzers on that play <laughs> there's too many blitzers <laughs> I'm trying
2: to perfect that, and I'm trying to perfect my Kyle Shanahan. I debuted that on the air the other day. Did you steal
1: my idea of my Sh- the Shanahan impression? I did. God damn you, Stephen! We take so many words in one breath. Yes. God damn you.
2: Yeah. How dare yeah. you? I pretended that Kyle Shanahan was a radio producer because Bonte has a segment which is actually a lot of fun. It's his. It's just him listing off his top eight teams in the NFC, right? But mm-hmm. we 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 make it fun, and mm-hmm. you know it's a, it, it's a good segment. But uh, there was one day where, like, we said it was going to happen at this specific time, but then we wanted to push it back, and then it ended up happening at nine thirty. And uh, I was just imagining, like, because uh, Joe ended up pointing out, he's like, we're like Kyle Shanahan talking about Trey Lance and pushing him back, whatever, and it makes a joke about that. And I was just thinking, like, man, imagine if Kyle Shanahan was like a radio producer and he's trying to plan out the segments, he's just like. Uh, well, I wanted to give us a time that uh, gives us the best chance to win. I pushed it to 9:30. We were planning on doing it at 8 o'clock, but we felt like we were having a good conversation. We had the callers going, and they were really good. So, uh, you know, we felt like it was going to give us the best chance to win. Are we going to do it the same time next week? I-, I don't know. Maybe, probably, maybe not. I can't tell you, but I do know that next <laughs> week we're going to be doing it. I can't tell you what time. We'll figure it out next week.
1: That's pretty good. The uh, key is the key is you got to have very exaggerated breaths in between. The breaths and the uhs. You got to have a yeah. uh, uh every now <laughs> and then. I guess that's payback for uh, me stealing your uh, with arms wide open idea when we were first coming up with the radio biz.
2: That was the you know what I in to think I looked up to you at that time. And I yes, like,
1: Stephen was a young whippersnapper trying to get in the radio business. And he was looking up to old Derry P for uh, the musical influence from the John Dickinson song. And he what, what, what was your idea? It was uh, arm, with arms wide open. It wasn't uh, an
2: idea. It was an executed idea that I sent to you. Yeah, I know. That you heard, and then you ended up making another song. That was the exact same thing, you jerk. Okay, here's the thing. I didn't even think of your thing.
1: I <laughs> just, when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, my my immediate reaction was everyone's going to be wide open. So I just like, oh, Creed, they're yeah. all going to be wide open. And yeah, everyone loved it except for Steven because apparently I stole from him.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I apologize. It's not as good as my other Kevin Durant song idea that I had that I never executed. Oh, which I he is Katie. He is Katie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here is Katie.
1: All right, Stephen, should we pick these games?
2: Yes, let's do All it. All right. Who
1: will come out on top and who will spend the next day on the pod? It's time for wins or wanes. Oh, yeah. Here we go, Stephen. You won our last week but I've won the first two weeks. Let's see if I have to continue eating wings or you will have to start eating them again. And yes, we're going to start with this extravaganza tonight. I know that you're not going to watch it, but I think all of America is when you have the last two first overall picks squaring off against each other. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Stephen, where are you on this one?
2: Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. I'm going with Joe Burrow all the way. And Cincinnati's favored by seven and a half in this one, but I'm taking the Bengals.
1: I am taking the Bengals as well. Titans at the Jets. The t- there used to be a team called the New York Titans, but we won't get into that right now. Titans. It's the Titans at the Jets. Titans. Me- All right, fine. Yeah, Titans. Even though Julio and A.J. Brown may not play?
2: Even though. And I picked up whoever that backup Even
1: is. though.
2: I picked whoever that backup was. I can't remember his name, but it was like the third-string wide receiver in fantasy. Chester Rogers?
1: Huh? Chester Rogers?
2: Is that his name? I don't or, know.
1: Or Westbrook, the guy. There's. The, That's yeah, it. yeah, that guy. That guy. Yeah. He, he, scored, he scored the touchdown last week. Uh, the Panthers are three and zero, but they're with they're without Christian McCaffrey as they go to Old D Town. I'm talking about Dallas. The Old D Town. I'm
2: taking <laughs> Dallas in this one. I think the Cowboys are actually a very good
1: team. I don't know if they're a very good team, but they're the best in the NFC. So I'm, I'm sorry, NFC East. I'm taking the Cowboys as well. Probably the worst team of football right now. The Giants. At the New Orleans Saints. I think the Jets are the worst team of football. Saints. That's a debate. Both New York teams. I'm taking the Saints as well. So far, we are even on our decisions. I'd
2: hope so. If you took any of these other teams, you're... I don't know, man. I don't know, know, man.
1: I don't know. There you go, Gruden. All right, curveball for you here. Browns at the Vikings. Browns are playing well, and the Vikings looked pretty well last week, too. Kirk Cousins. Mm.
2: Ah, this is a tough one. This, I mean, yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. So I, I'm in a pool, right? I'm in one of those, um, yeah, pick'em pools, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings are fate are, are are one and a half point underdogs, at least according to to CBS. <laughs> They're at home. Uh, I, my gut says I want to go with Cleveland, so I'm going to go Cleveland.
1: Oh, come on, Steven. You know you want to do the Vikings.
2: No, because yeah, I, I think the I think Cleveland's going to beat them with their run game. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have turned into the – I mean, they are the best running back duo in the yeah, league. Yeah, they are. So I'm they got go depth. Back. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go with Cleveland. I am as well. So, so far, nothing different. Okay. Chiefs at the Eagles. Is it one and sh- three sh- for Mahomes? Sh- sh- Chiefs. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs as well. All right. Uh, Texans at Bills. Bills. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, bro, no, right.
2: I will say this. Uh, where, where are we at? Bills are <laughs> bills are favored by 16 and a half points. I think the Texans can cover that.
1: Probably. They're
2: going to win, but they're going to cover that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. It could be another blowout for the Bills. <laughs> all right. Here we go. We don't know who's starting at quarterback. Could be Andy Dalton. Could be Justin Fields. Could be Nick Foles. But we got the Lions at the Bears.
2: I'm going to take the Lions with this one. I know it's probably not the sexy pick. I know they're in Chicago. I know the bears are favored by three and a half points, but Lions have been competitive. I think the lions can win this one.
0: The lions can,
1: the lions Lions can win this game and they probably feel terrible about last week's gut punch. We can talk about this at all. Justin tuck, tuck, man. Good Lord. (laughs) With the tuck, tuck kick, 66 yards and a little doinker. Fantastic. Maybe the greatest kick of all time.
2: That was unbelievable. I was and watching it, it with uh, Cody Elias, who was over uh, at over at the apartment, just to uh, to drop something off real quick. So we were just watching the game and having a couple of brews, and we saw that kick. and It's like, man, great opera singer that Justin Tucker.
1: <laughs> um, shout out to dibs. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Bears defense, despite being one and two, has played very well, and. Something tells me that whoever is going to play a quarterback this week will not have to do as much because the defense will put them in good positions. I'm going to take the Bears.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, Some other uh, early morning games. We you're got doing a great f- job driving this, by the way. Really Thank you. It moving. Football team at the Falcons.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: And you're doing a great job answering the, the Sorry. Pitch.
2: I know, right? <laughs> This is another cloaks one. I'll take Atlanta.
1: I'll Ooh, two weeks in a row with Atlanta. I'm going to take the football team.
2: Yeah. Washington, that is. Yeah, they're pretty good.
1: All right. will I learn? we got Carson Wentz going up against Jacoby Brissett. Colts add Dolphins.
2: <laughs> oh, man, this is quite the, <laughs> this is quite the matchup. Yeah. Uh, Uh, i'm gonna go dolphins
1: don't get mad at me i still won't learn i'm taking the colts good luck
2: all right good luck make sure you put your birkenstocks on to root on your boy carson (laughs)
1: okay (laughs) all right now we got the late games uh oh boy cardinals at rams two undefeated teams who you got steven
2: going to go with the Rams here on this one. I think the Rams are going to take this first game.
1: You know, the Cardinals are really good, and they probably match up pretty well with the Rams. But something about McVay against Cliff Kingsbury. Did you know on the podcast that Sean McVay has, he told a story about how Cliff Kingsbury with the first year he was coaching the Cardinals, they come to LA to play the Rams and Cliff, while preparing for the game, calls up Sean McVay and says, hey, can I get some tickets to that game? He's like, what tickets do you need? Well, I'm hanging out with this Instagram model. I want to bring her to the game. And McVay's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) So that's the difference between McVay and Cliff Kingsbury. is focused on football, and Cliff Kingsbury focused on Instagram models. I'm taking Sean McVay. That's the reason why? Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, Seahawks at the 49ers. Seahawks need this game bad because otherwise they'll be one and three.
2: I took the Packers in that last one. I was pretty confident. I'm not so confident about taking the Seahawks here. Uh, I think I think Russell Wilson's just played the 49ers too damn well, even when they had that defense in 2019. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. I think think it's gonna be a shootout, though. I think it's gonna be a shootout in this game.
1: It might be, because both, uh, while the Seahawks need a score, well, the the Niners' defense is good, but I don't think they can cover anybody, especially especially DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I'm taking the Seahawks as well. Steelers at Packers, and interesting that there's rumors that after the season, Aaron Rodgers may want to join the Steelers. But that's neither here nor there. Packers. I'm taking Packers as well. Ravens at the Broncos. Ravens. Two and one, thanks to that tick, uh, tick by, tick, kick by Justin Tucker, and the Broncos are undefeated.
2: Well, you love these Broncos, man, and they haven't even beaten a team that has a win yet. So I'm going to go with the Ravens.
1: I think the Broncos' defense can shut down Lamar Jackson. I'm taking the Broncos, and then we get to the biggest game of all I, time. I hate baby. the
2: Broncos. I really hate the Broncos. Okay, fair enough. I really hate them.
1: Okay. despise them. <laughs> All right. I, th- I think their defense is good. All right. Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough. This game is going for a grand deceit. It's the most hyped-up shit ever. Does it live up to the hype? Who wins?
2: I don't know if it lives up to the hype, but I think the Buccaneers are going to crush them.
1: I don't know about crushing them. I think Tom may throw a pick here or there to Belichick. I think this is a stupid conversation we're having all week. Was who's more who is responsible for the success of the Patriots? Is it Belichick or is it Tom Brady? They both did fantastic. I don't think they hate each other. I'm taking Tom and the Bucks. There's the better mm. team. And then we have the Raiders at the Chargers. Steven, do the Raiders remain undefeated? <sighs>
2: My gut wants to tell me to go with the Raiders because they are facing the Chargers in L.A. and more often than not, they're really good on the road in L.A. Uh, I might go to the Chargers
1: on this one. Might? Give me an answer, damn it. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers as well. Even though I think the Raiders have played well, I think that the Chargers may... They have some problems for their offensive line. God,
2: please, please, God. This is, this is terrible. I'm wearing a Raider hat, and I'm saying that the Chargers are going to possibly. Yeah, rain. but it
1: happens. You got to be objective. I'm trying, right.
2: to do, I'm trying to do this so I don't eat these stupid atomic wings, because I'll tell you the best part about this podcast so far today was not the entirety of the hour and 51 minutes that we've talked so far, but it was the fact that I didn't have to go to a wing stop and grab a stupid three-piece wing package that i'm not even going to eat later on so do they know you
1: by name now or just no. by order hey there's <laughs> three yet. wing guy
2: not yet the only people that have ever know me by order are two places it was in chico one was the taco bell and one was a mountain mikes
1: of course <laughs> yeah
2: yeah there was a Mountain Mike right. by my house they had slices for like 250 each oh, oh nice. it's amazing
1: all right, so we have three different. Oh no, we have four different. So it may uh, may come down to a tiebreaker, which we'll discuss later on. All right, all right. We've been talking for a while here, but before we end the podcast, I want to end with this conversation. It's a conversation that I don't like having because it's uh, a controversial one, and um, this this topic divides people. And I don't want to do that, uh, but it is what it is because this affects the basketball team in san francisco the golden state warriors andrew wiggins does not want to get the vaccine and as far as it is right now as far as i know he would not be allowed to play in home games yeah he would only be allowed to play in 41 road games and everyone's entitled to what they believe and whatnot i know we make fun of Cole easily but you know it is what it is um just seems to me like this can't happen like he's getting paid how much money 34 million 24 million Mm -hmm. whatever it is he's a you know he's a max player he needs to play in the games that he's available for and to take him away for half of the season is ridiculous for him to only be available for road games is ridiculous so whatever he's feeling you know it is what it is but um Andrew Wiggins, for the type of player that he is and what's expected for him and what's expected for this team, he needs to be out there from the home games. I don't know what the solution is to this. And next week we'll discuss this more with uh, Warriors people that hopefully join the podcast. But it just seems like this is a bad situation. Steve Kerr has no answer for it. Everyone on the team has been respectful so far. But to me, if this doesn't change by opening tip of opening night, you may have to consider trading this guy.
2: I don't know about that. All I do know is – and this is how I viewed the whole vaccination thing. To me, this pandemic, this disease I'm, – I'm getting all philosophical here. This was supposed to be like a fun podcast where we're all going you to know, laugh and all that shit. No, get
1: whimsical, man. No, but
2: <laughs> like there's this virus, right,
0: mm-hmm. that
2: is going after – the human race, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, The entirety of the world. And in my opinion, and I'm kind of looking at this at sports. This is just our opinion, man. Yeah. But looking at this in the prism of sports, to me, we are all, everyone, every single human being right now That's that's, you know, as we've all been affected by it, we are all one team going up against this thing. And the one way that we've been – that's been – at this point now, I'm saying at this point, where we're at now as a society, maybe early on when the vaccine was just getting started and people were skeptical, I was cool with that. But now it's like stuff's getting approved. its It's – the numbers show that it's going to – this is the best way to eradicate it. Mm. And there's no other – Salute so, like that's the thing with people who are saying they're unvaccinated. That's great that you're standing up for yourself and you're standing up for whatever you believe in. That's that's fantastic. But you're also not coming up with any sort of way to eradicate this disease, which is very real. And the one way with scientists, doctors, everyone who's been trying to solve this thing, the vaccine is the way to do it. And that's how it's been forever, right? And it's just all these excuses that are being made and I'm at this I'm at, at this point now, maybe not before, maybe not back when, you know, before in, in April when I was getting my shot. But at this point now, I am not afraid to call it for what it is. And I'm not saying that this is who Andrew Wiggins is as a human. I'm not saying this is who he is as an individual. But this also goes for everyone else out there who just decides to not get the shot. But in my opinion, at, at this point, it's just selfish, like, to not – get it and i'm and and it's not to say that you know i'm attacking you for your beliefs or i'm attacking you for your opinion whatever i'm not saying that it's just to me it's a selfish act is that who andrew wiggins is no he's a good dude i mean hell the guy it was a secret up until last year that he was having a baby and he still didn't even miss a game up -hmm. until the end of the season like the dude's dedicated um but it's just at this point with all the information that we've been given I'm just so tired of it, you know, and 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 there's the thing is, it's just like, all right, you're not going to get vaccinated. That's great that you have these that you have these specific thoughts. And, you know, Bradley Beal, I think, was even worse spreading misinformation. Andrew Wiggins, actually, you know, he made good points. He was saying, you know, this is what I believe and Maybe he was a little standoffish, but at least he didn't spread any misinformation about it. Clearly, this, you know, might be a this is going to be a religious thing for him and and whatnot. But at least he's not like Bradley Beal where he's giving you the whole spiel about, you know, you could still get COVID even though you have the vaccine, but it's just, you know, at this point, it's just a selfish act to not get it in my opinion. And especially if you're in basketball and here's the one more thing, Andrew Wiggins is like 25 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And the one guy that I've seen who spoke out against this, and I'm not trying to get political here, but the one guy that I've seen who's, with these basketball players and siding with them is Ted Cruz yeah the guy on the opposite side who's saying these basketball players need to get vaccinated for a bunch of reasons and saying it in a very eloquent way Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the other guy who's on the opposite side of that so that's the only question I have to Andrew is which guy (laughs) would you rather have side with you Ted Cruz or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar
1: and we're talking about the great basketball player not the dolphins running back from the 90s correct
2: we're actually talking about the actor
1: <laughs> roger Murdoch? yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> but you know what whatever dude like that, i'm i'm not going to force you to do anything i'm not yeah. going like pinpoint and say, you got you got to get this but yeah. that's just where i'm at uh, it's it's just so frustrating man this entire thing
1: no i i, I agree with you man and um It's a tough situation. I think it's Uh, okay
2: to call it selfish. By the way, people are very scared to come off as like you know an attacking kind of person, and I think it's I think it's totally okay to call it for what it is. And selfish just has such a negative connotation to it. But also, it's some people, everyone's selfish in their own way. You know, everyone is. Yeah, it's just that's 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 what I call it at this point.
1: No, and, and, and we'll go into more detail about what it, I mean, what's going on with Andrew Wiggins. Draymond had some comments about it today. And next week, I think we'll discuss it a little bit more. But um, as far as just Andrew Wiggins and the situation, I just don't see how you can have that going forward if a guy's going to miss half the season. Yeah. And it's just for a team that doesn't want to be in a rebuild, that wants to succeed and have success and do something in the Western Conference, you gotta do something with that situation. Yeah. Is it trading Andrew Wiggins for Ben Simmons? I don't know. But that's a topic we'll get into more uh next week. But I, I, appreciate, was, I appreciate I appreciate your your opinion on that, Steve. I,
2: I also think it's the, the the Warriors need to do something to act on it as well because they
1: will. Because, Steve Kerr's not gonna stay silent on this thing. He never says silent on anything.
2: Right. Like with Draymond, for example, at the presser. He was asked about that podcast he did with yeah. Kevin Durant and yep. he just said, "Look, they didn't they didn't feel any one way or another about it." Like the, he basically said it's a non non-factor. And I guarantee you warrior fans before maybe he said that were thinking, "Oh, you need to trade this guy, you need to do this, you need to do that." But if Kerr and Bob Myers if if they don't care, that's basically telling the fans, "Hey, you shouldn't care either." So,
1: but you know what's funny also Draymond today also says, "Well, I've never seen a team have success that goes into a rebuild while having older guys. So he's basically shitting on Bob and Steve again, <laughs> while saying there's no beef with what he said in the past. I love Draymond; he's always unfiltered. It's just going to be interesting every time he has a microphone in front of him. But Steven, could... we, oh sorry, go ahead.
2: I just buried. We buried the lead though. How crazy? Is the... crazy is it that basketball
1: is back? Oh dude, we'll we'll get into it more next week. Um, yeah, it's coming around the corner. It's weird seeing people in jerseys and doing media day stuff. Steven's excited. One more. I got one
2: more that I, you're going to love. Go for it. Go this for is going to turning into old man yelling at Cloud here. Okay, but, go for it. dude, when, when Letterman asked the question to Kevin oh, Durant, yes. it was great. Right? It, was, it, was, it was fantastic. Fantastic. And I don't like to say I felt old or I feel old because I'm not. I'm 28 years old. But I do think that i could say i felt just wait till you turn
1: 30 god it's all downhill i, sa-
2: I said i could w- i think though that i felt disconnected to the younger generation when people are wondering who is this bum asking questions from basketball digest
1: who's the guy with the
2: beard who's dave and i'm like that's the goat you're talking about uh steven <laughs>
1: You had to say that word.
2: That's the living legend, though. That's the pioneer. Like, well, why man? was David Letterman there? <laughs> Johnny Car- Carson, I guess, is the pioneer. But Yeah, he uh, is. Uh, but David Letterman was there just to, I don't know, for comedy reasons, comedic reasons? I don't know. Like It's its like Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel who goes to the Oscars. Yeah, I guess NBA so. Finals and all
1: that. Kevin Durant was having none of it, too. He was like, thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> He's like, all right, Dave, that's it. But then my favorite was right at the end. He's just like, so uh, what about the New Orleans Pelicans? Whenever you play them, do they make you giggle?
1: <laughs> you know, no, you know, David Letterman loved Norm McDonald. That's a very Norm McDonald thing. Like, hey, hey, uh, hey, KD, uh, what, what, do you think of the Pelicans? Huh? That's a funny name, Bird. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. it, well, it reminds, it goes back to like the the interview that Dave Letterman did with Jay Z. If you haven't seen any of those, by the way, the Jay-Z, oh, I the ones on Netflix. The, no, the uh, the just on YouTube from his oh, okay. actual show. Yeah. But uh, Dave literally asks him so uh your name is jay-z but uh, your name is sean carter your draft <laughs> name is jay-z but your real name is sean carter uh, why is that <laughs> and then jay-z like is playing along and he said well it was my m- m- my mother gave birth to me and she was the one that could name me so it was her right you <laughs> <laughs> he was just dead silent I get- i'm telling you these freaking interviews are that's, the best.
1: That's pretty good. I need to watch that. um
2: Z has that that dry humor. Yeah, that's very a low key funny guy, and he yeah. get he got where Dave Letterman was coming from. So it's a great interview.
1: I, I need to check that out. You, need, um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, you just uh you just married Beyonce. That happened.
1: <laughs> great. Jay Z said that. Yeah, he's like, that happened? and I'm I'm i sure Beyonce's like, you're damn right, it happened. If they're <laughs> not happy again, buddy. You better I'm gonna make an album about you, Jay.
2: That's, a That's terrible your Beyonce. Vibe.
1: That's a terrible Beyonce. <laughs> you had me at Peyton, you had me at Jay Z. You lost me at Beyonce. <laughs> before before we end this uh podcast, even uh Devin Williams breaks his hand in the Brewers celebration. That's hilarious. Yeah. I've try- I've been trying to think of a joke all all
2: day for it because he his special pitch that he has, which is like a change up and it moves in certain ways. It's called the Airbender. So I've been trying to like Avatar? Yeah, yeah. It's called the Airbender. It's a sick ass name for a pitch because it, it really it defies gravity. It's wild. But uh I'm
1: This is worse than Martine Gramatica dancing and tearing his ACL. that, Kendris Morales celebrating a walk-off Grand
2: Slam on opening day and then breaking his leg out for the season with the the Angels a couple years ago.
1: If you you hear the the details, they clinch. Devin Williams says that he has a few drinks, gets frustrated, and then breaks his hand. So what I read was Devin Williams got drunk, was trying to get laid, didn't get laid, and broke his hand in the process.
2: I don't know about that. I mean, you can can get mad at
1: anything. What was he he mad
2: about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think any, pro- I don't think, what is he, the Nirvana baby on the cover? Like he's having tr- tr- trouble getting chicks and he's deciding to, you know, come out about it and sue everybody. It's not like that. That's it's a
1: conversation a- we can have for another day because that guy's ridiculous. And also, what? it's on the 20th, 30th anniversary of that album.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But what's it? What? And Bonte's never
1: know. heard of it before? <laughs> dude. <laughs> I, I heard about that.
2: oh Yo, you heard it today? I heard about it. Yeah. I I love Vontae. He's great, man. He's just like, he's never listened to queen.
1: He's never listened to Nirvana.
2: I don't, I I don't blame him. He knows the songs every time. He just doesn't know the artists. That's understandable, but I thought he would get, there's always like, you know, two of the three that we pick. I know he's not going to get two of them, but there's always that third one that I think he's going to get. I thought Nirvana was going to be that, uh, that group, but you know.
1: All right, Steven, we've been talking for a cool two hours here. So I think it's time to end things, but, uh, we had, a, we had a good conversation, and everyone listened to uh, our podcast, a fantastic interview with Rick Tittle that we had, and I uh, want you all to listen to that. By the time we speak next time, we'll figure out where the Giants and Dodgers are in the uh, NL West, and we may review. Are you going to watch the Sopranos
0: movie? No. Are you a Sopranos I guy?
2: Seen the, I haven't seen the Sopranos in uh, the full way through. I've only seen the first season. i got to oh, watch the rest. I don't know. I, th- that movie, don't look, it, it looks okay. It, whatever, it's a prequel. It's
1: it's it's definitely as you describe with all mafia movies. It's definitely uh the, 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 fuck, the, the fuck the fuck the fuck you doing here? Hey
2: you you we we do a robbery? We do the Lufthansa heist and you get a <laughs> fucking coat. You're doing too fucking much.
1: Yeah, that's it. Hey, hey, you're doing a, too fucking much. You're you know,
2: you, you're get doing that too car, bring it back to the dealership. Then you could come back here. Get rid of that fur coat. What
1: are you buying? Oh, the, the fellows at the end. What
2: did I tell you? What did I tell you? I tell you? Yeah, I actually watched that over the weekend
1: oh fantastic It's probably it, it's very stereotypical thing for guys to say but it's, it's my favorite movie oh it's such, the, so the so fuck's the matter with you the fuck's the matter with you i'm sorry it's it's not my mother's so name?
2: everything about that movie though it's so well done the slow-mo shot with robert de niro having the coolest drag of a cigarette that i've ever seen in my life with sunshine and your of your love in the background oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, oh or or robert de niro kicking the dude when he's down
1: oh yeah dancing <laughs> look like look, look, he's tap dancing Or Robert De Niro slapping the phone down when he found out Joe Pesci's dead? Yes. Fantastic. All right, Steven. I think we got to end this bad boy, but we'll talk about more things next week. Say what you always say, my man. It's just our opinion. Man. Uh, Goodbye, everybody.